Pokémon. Today we want to start out with some shout outs. We're doing shout outs first? Yes. Wait, 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 wait. I'm I'm Corey. Oh yeah, I'm Chana. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that down one day. Welcome to And and this is Boost. Tulis is right next to Corey. Hey, hey Boost. Tulis. Boost. He's like, fuck off. He meowed a lot earlier. He did. Yeah. Uh welcome to Anyways, how's your sex life? Welcome. So today is episode nine. We are going to first start with some shout outs. Let's I only have two shout outs today. The first one, they're both podcasts. Um, their Instagram handles, the first one is Are You Afraid of the Park? They are two former park rangers and they go over myths and lore and spooky stories that went on. Which in sounds really like parks. that's a cool niche that they found. Yeah it's, yeah, it's fucking cool. And the next one is Crime Culture Podcast and they talk about the pop culture side of true crime which sounds really fucking cool. So definitely go check out their podcast. Um, they are our podcast buddies. We always talk on Instagram and whatnot, so definitely check them out because they are amazing. Yes. Those are all the shout-outs that I have. Yeah, so are we just, like, jumping into my shout-out? Um, or my shout-out, my story? My <laughs> faggot fact? Yeah, let's just jump into the faggot facts. Okay, let's just do that really quick. Okay, mine today is about Saturnalina. Saturnalina, however you want to pronounce that. So Saturn what Alina. is Saturnalina? Saturnalina. It is an ancient Roman festival in honor of the god Saturn, held on the 17th through the 23rd of December. The holiday was celebrated with a sacrifice at the Temple of Saturn in the Roman Forum and a public banquet followed by private gift-giving and continual partying and a carnival atmosphere that overturned yes. Roman social norms. So this is like it would happen every year. It would be because of like the death of the sun and the rebirth of the sun because that's like, you know, during in December is where there's like the longest three days without the sun and then it starts mm. to turn back yeah. as we go through the winter solstice and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, that that's sort of where it comes from. Um, usually during this time, gifts were exchanged and they were usually like gag gifts or small little figurines. They're just fucking dildos everywhere. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> no, it literally says gift. It literally says wax. They were figurines made of wax or pottery known as sigillarina. Sigillarina? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds sexual to me. Sigillarina. <laughs> Right, so the sigillarina what, in my pussy. So, like, what is the historical influence of this, Chana? Are you interested about that? I am so fucking You're interested. You're so fucking interested. Tell me, daddy. So, Saturnalina may have influenced some of the customs associated with uh, later celebrations in Western Europe, mostly known as Christmas. What's up, bitches? What? So, why are we talking about this? Well, we're talking about this, and this is a, the fact, my faggot fact, because. In modern eyes, some of Saturnalina's customs uh, come across as hedonistic perversions of Christmas traditions. Oh. So Saturnalina is not the most early origin of Christmas. Like Christmas sort of came from other influences. Mm -hmm. But the the practice of Saturnalina in Ro the Roman Empire 
in the early days. I'm just going to throw the early days out there. You know, um, TBT back no, then. No, yeah, like before Christianity sort of became a thing and stuff like that. The as Christmas days. was becoming a thing and, and a practice of Christmas was becoming a thing, um, they adopted uh, the practices of Saturnalia because it was held on the 17th through the 23rd of December. So... For instance, what they would do during Saturnalia, they would sing from house to house naked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they would feast excessively. They would eat baked goods shaped like people. And they would also exchange the gifs. The gifs. Gifs. Oh, my <gasps> God. <laughs> they were so ahead of their time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the, they, would, they would also exchange gifts. So, um, on top of this, it is also believed by some that men during this night would cross-dress um, during like the during the the great feasts or the Ooh, great fun. banquets that were going on, yes, and queens. also it was said that people there'd be a lot of swingers going on swinger Ooh. parties. There would be orgies that would happen during these parties. Daddy and even slave and masters, actually, like literal slave and masters. We're not talking BDSM. We're shit. not talking about the hot stuff. We're I talking mean, about we like also some shit are, stuff. But um, the slaves and the masters. That was my phone. Sorry, oh. it was it. Not my know. phone. Sorry, okay. I apologize. Um, so it was there, it was like the slave and the masters would change positions, Ooh. positions. Oh my God. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, they would change, uh, just like roles as in sometimes the, the masters would look after the slaves for a night Ooh. during like the great feast sometimes. That's fun. They're um, like, now you get on your knees. No. And there's even like speculation that it went to a sexual territory where usually now like the masters would fuck the slaves, but the slaves would fuck the masters. That's And fun. even the role of the mentor guy fucking the student boy, yeah. they would switch and the boy would fuck the guy. He's like, let me like show that. you, let me teach you. So those you are more speculations of what was going on but but the whole of them like going from house to house naked and having like orgy parties and stuff like that that's that's more not that's more almost factual it's more like speculated but it's academically speculated that that's what would happen during this time okay so in short saturnalina um satyrs satyrs satyr dinners sat tits lena's tits (laughs) so basically in short um these very hedonistic somewhat queer traditions are are some of the basis of our christmas traditions of the quote-unquote christian traditions that we uh, do during christmas Mm -hmm. like giving gifts and going door door to door caroling and and then just like giving to the poor and stuff like that they should talk about that in church they're like merry christmas thank the gays yeah thank the gays (laughs) for our christmas bye dear god thank you for the gays so so next time when your queer little self is sitting and, you know, at like Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, not Thanksgiving. Uh, fuck Thanksgiving, it's over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck, at your fuck Christmas dinner and your parents are complaining about all the gays, you should tell them about Saturnalia. Yeah. Yeah. And be like, oh, by the way, like those carolers should have been naked. Yeah. And fucking each other. It's Carol of the Dicks, <laughs> not Carol of the Carol of the Dicks. Carol of the Halls. What is that Christmas song? Carol, Carol of the, the Bells. Bells? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Carol of the Balls. There we Car- go. Oh, my God, <gasps> Balls. Oh, my God. We should make a porno and call it Carol, Carol of the Balls. Of the balls. And it's just like I'm sure if we search that orgy. right now. Wait. Search I'm going to search Carol, right Carol of the Balls Pornhub. Carol of the Balls. Because I bet you it's either like a bukkake or like a crazy orgy. Carol of the Balls. It's like do, 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 Carol do, of the Balls Porn. I'll put porn. P-O-R-N. Carol of the Bells better be in the background. Carol 3? Carol ball busting porn. That's probably just a girl named Carol who's ball busting. Poor Carol. It is. It is Carol ball it's busting. Girl. <laughs> Wait. It is definitely so, Carol with a blue shirt kicking some guy in so the balls. So you know the rule of porn though that if you uh, can't 34, find rule thirty four. Yeah, if you can't find Maybe the porn, you have to, to make it. 
So if Rule. we can't find this porn, we're gonna have to get all of our friends involved and make Carol of the Balls. Rule thirty-four. Here, I'll search Carol. I'll search Christmas. Uh oh. Santa gets fucked by Rudolph. Yes, for legal reasons. Yes, I'm an adult. Oh, damn. <laughs> You're like, how many times do I have to, to click? If I was an adult, I would still say I was an adult. <laughs> You're like, God. I'm 14. I'm 27. What does it matter? <laughs> I S T M A S. Just gaping assholes with like Santa hats on. Uh, let's see. What's the first one? The first one is a picture of. Here, let's see. Mrs. It's loading Claus because it's like a large image because people don't load up normal size images because they don't understand. Santa's it's like, fine. Mrs. Claus, I need the milk and cookies. Can it's a guy who's tied up and gagged and he has a bow and mistletoe wrapped around his erect cock and then some girl in thigh high fishnets <gasps> is stroking him. And she's topless. It's cute. Same. It's actually a cute little straight, straight cute. picture. It's cute. <laughs> romance. He said romance is dead. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember like watching sex or like looking away during even PG thirteen sex scenes oh, as yeah. a Mormon and being like, "Ew, like this is starting. This is bad." Right? And now when it happens, I'm like, "Oh, they're, right. <laughs> they're having sex. It's cute." <laughs> My favorite meme in the entire world is because you know, like every time in your family, no matter what movie you're watching, a sex scene pops up. You'll be watching like Lion King and then like all of a sudden everyone's banging. Yeah. So there's this meme where it's like, oh, you're watching a movie and a sex scene starts happening and suddenly your dad shows up and he's been oh, missing know, for 20 right? years and he's like, hey, what's this? Hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm like, I relate to that on a spiritual you're like, level. You're like, shit, I wasn't doing this. <laughs> yes, that's my faggot fact. Well, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. My spooky scoop is super, super fast today. Do it. Because my segment is hella long. Get into it. So today I'm just naming the top 10 most dangerous cities in the united states and the top 10 safest Ooh. so if you live in these cities if you live in the dangerous cities you're fucked and if you live in the safest cities you're not as fucked you're not as fucked so 10 i'm going to go through the dangerous first so number 10 on that list is anchorage alaska whoa so okay I, so there's that uh number nine is baltimore maryland so number eight is pueblo colorado Woot. sick number seven is uh i'm not gonna say this right <laughs> it's, it's chill. uh chattanooga Tennessee. chattanooga i think it's chattanooga i think that's correct <laughs> someone's yeah. like fuck you it's like it's chattanganango it's chattanganango it's yeah. Chana, tennessee it's titties bow bitties yeah it's titties bow bitties <laughs> tennessee uh and, oh and fun fact the guy my mom's dating is from tennessee Woo. so great. do you know from where uh my, he, my cousins are from knoxville he said it's like where they live in knoxville They're not it's from near nashville but it's a super super small town like okay. he used to drive into Nashville to really do anything. Okay, yeah. Knoxville's like, like an hour to forty five minutes south of Nashville. Yeah, is it a small town? Maybe it's eh, ish. I really wouldn't say it's small, but yeah. Maybe 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 your cousin is my future dad. What? <laughs> Whoa, is <laughs> this name Jeremy? <laughs> no, no, dad? okay, I don't know a Jeremy. Okay. Uh, okay, number six is Oakland, California. Okay. Five is Albuquerque, New Mexico. You know, aliens. Um, four is Springville, Springfield, Missouri. Whoa. Three is Little Rock, Arizona. Whoa. Two is Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. And number one for the most dangerous city in the United States in 2018 is St. Louis, Missouri. Whoa. Not Chicago. Interesting. That was me, Chicago. Detroit. St. Louis, I thought it'd be Missouri. Detroit. Yeah. Maybe I'm behind. I guess we're like a couple years behind, but it's Sorry, St. Louis. Chicago and Detroit. We thought you'd be dangerous. Yeah. So, um. You're just cold. Yeah, you. <laughs> so now for the safest. Uh, number 10 is League City, Texas. Do nice. You know where that is? Go, Texas. 
in Texas? No idea. Okay. The next one's also from Texas. There's a bunch of Texas in here. Because Texas is awesome. So number nine is uh, Frisco, Texas. Nice. AKA Frisky, Texas. Frisky, Texas. I now dub the Frisky, Texas. Yep. Uh, number eight is my hometown, Thousand Oaks, California, Woo. which will probably Minus. not be on the list it anymore. It will not be on the list anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, it's so funny. I'm so sad. Yeah. Um, number seven is Marietta, California. No idea where that is. Nope. Uh, number six is Gilbert, Arizona. Five is Allen, Texas. Yeah, still don't know where that is. Okay. Texas is big, I guess. Yeah, it's fucking big. <laughs> Four is Port St. Lucia in Florida. Uh, three is Naperville, Illinois. Two is Irvine, California. What's up, Irvine? And number one for the safest city in the United States is Cary, North Carolina. Whoa, okay. So go North Carolina. Go North Carolina. Boo, Missouri. Boo, Missouri. So that's my spooky scoop. So if you live in the dangerous cities, you're fucked. If you live in the safest (laughs) cities, you're you're a little bit less fucked. You're a little less fucked. (laughs) Not like totally not. You're like not unfucked, but you're just less fucked. Just less fucked. And so, when we mean when we use fuck in this context, it's in a bad way. That's not like a sex way. Like you're all getting <laughs> fucked. I hope if you're not getting fucked, like go on Grinder or Tinder or something. But uh, we mean fucked in a very bad way. Like the not fun fuck. The not fun fuck. So yes, that's my spooky scoop today. Very very fast because my segment is a long. It's a long dick. Yes. No. Yeah. If we seem like we're like going a teeny fast, it's because Chana has a long dick. I have a very long dick today. <laughs> okay, we're doing mine. Yeah, let's jump into yours. Okay, so I've said okay, so like fourteen times. It's okay. I edit out at least half of them, so I only say it about six times. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Black icker. Black icker. <laughs> okay, we're saying that because I say that a lot when I DM. DM means we're Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. If you don't know what that means, go fuck yourself. If you don't know what that means, go on Pornhub and type in Dungeons and Dragons Dragons porn. Porn. (laughs) Maybe you'll learn. And just know that's what we do every Monday. Yeah. (laughs) First first search, first video. Is us. That's us. (laughs) (laughs) It's like some girl getting like, fuck. Like, there's like eight dudes on her. I'm like, well, it's not totally far off. Oh, my God. She just has like a huge ass dragon dildo. And she's like, ah. It's like Khaleesi. She's like, <laughs> Misa, Misa, mother of dragons, breaker of chains. Yes. So let's jump into Corey's <laughs> scary thing. <laughs> so, anyways, how's your sex life? Anyways, <laughs> podcast over. Oh okay, yeah. So mine today is about Demons Road. Oh. In Huntsville, Texas. Oh. Yeah, you... I went to Texas today because you... I felt like Texas. Oh, cause oh, cause you know why, bitches? Why, bitches? I'm going to Texas for. For Christmas. Oh, you are? Yeah. I mean, I we're going to like torn. 100% try, but it's not 100% going to happen. Yay. That's yeah, a, is your whole family by. going to meet in Texas? Yeah. We're going to all meet in Texas because my sister lives yeah, in Corpus sister. Christi. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to go to Texas. So I'm going to motherfucking Willie's Eyes house in Houston, y'all. Sick, I'm excited. Bro. I'm going to stay here for Christmas. <laughs> and be up? cold, but have a, a wonderful time. I've never had a white Christmas before, so I'm really oh, excited. Yeah. Oh, it's like fun. And then you're like... It's still cold as shit. All I know. <laughs> I'm like, cool, can't go outside. I'm literally bl- bringing a bathing suit. Well, like, yeah, I grew up in Southern California. it could be 75. We've spent, like, a Christmas afternoon at the beach. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, yeah, because it's fucking awesome. So I'm excited to be here, though. Waking up Christmas morning to my kitties and to Jordan is going to be real. Oh, that'll be that'll be legit. Oh, y'all, y'all are going to wake up here and then go? Yeah. Oh, that's We're just doing a brunch at his parents' house. And that's then we'll cute. be, we're kind of going to come back here and make Chinese food and um, spend it with my uncle, hopefully. If not, just us. Oh, oh yeah, because he's going to be here. Possibly. Visiting his ex-wife. Yes. Can we say kids. that? On, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We're visiting the kids. Yeah. No one in my family listens to this. Okay, my mom fine. 
she texted me today. She's like, how do I find podcasts? And I'm like, mom, you followed us. You have the Podbean app. You have the Podbean app. Just play it from <laughs> She's there. She's like, how to find Sun Link. I'm like, god damn it, mom. <laughs> how to podcast. Okay, so mine about de- the Demon's Road. Yeah. That's in Huntsville, Texas. Have you been to Huntsville, Texas? No, I haven't been to Huntsville, Texas. But it is only about um, an hour, an hour and a half a- a north of where I live. Oh, not bad. Yeah, it's not that bad at all. Yeah. Now my question, did you hear about Demon's Road growing up? Or no, not? I didn't. But I know that I knew that Huntsville existed. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And I do know people that are from Huntsville, so maybe I should ask them. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I just know. I just of didn't them know from if it school. was like a Texas. Oh no, role. it's not like Especially a big since Texas you're relatively thing. close. No, yeah, it's not a big thing. So this this road is officially known as the Bowden Road, Ooh. and there have been numerous reports over the years regarding uh, the experience of the tra- travelers as they've been along this road. There are multiple apparitions, spirits, beasts, and demons that have been seen while traveling down its path. Goals. And um, to top it all off, this path, it sort of goes between two highways. And the only point of interest on this road is a cemetery known as Martha's Chapel Cemetery. Yes. Yes. The only history that I could find on this road is that the legend has it that back in 1890, there was a farmer that was mysteriously dragged um, from his plow and dragged from his plow into the woods where he was, where they were like the townspeople found his body and he was just completely slaughtered. Fuck that. It is said that it was a, a demon that was called from hell from like a witch in the area that wanted, you know, wanted vengeance on him. Holy so, shit balls. Sort of like, you know, holla back to our holla last episode <laughs> where we had like real witches in England. Oh, yes. That one, that was fun. So that was a fun episode. That was a fun ass episode. So. Um, this uh, demon is known to just uh, to be seen sometimes on this road till this day as uh, red eyes in the forest looking at, at people. Oh, that's so scary. Um, so that was the only history I could get. And they say that like this guy lived near the cemetery and ever since this death that happened mysteriously, um, the cemetery has been haunted as well. So cool. they believe that this cemetery became sort of a portal to hell that has sort of spread out. And then made this this road the the Bowden Road haunted. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's like the only sort awesome. of history I could get that was going on. But that's cool. We can just get to the juicy stuff, uh, like you know, right now. We do love juices. So I have a few stories that are from this uh, the accounts of people traveling this road yes. and visiting the cemetery. Yes. So the first one is called "Man in the Shower." Oh. Yeah, it turns me on, but it won't. Okay. But I'm currently turned on. <laughs> So in 2001, a woman and her husband and some friends went to the cemetery and they were going because they know they knew that this place was haunted and they wanted to just, you know, get spooked. Sounds so like they us. go there and while they're looking around the area and looking around the place, um, they're not really finding anything. And then all of a sudden the party starts to feel like they're being watched. You know, you get that feeling you're being watched and you're spooked out and then yes. the hair on the back of your, your neck sort of starts to stand up. Nope. nope and nope, they said nope. that this happened multiple times and every time that they would feel this, moments later there would be a man that they didn't know was there, that was not part of their party off in the distance just just out of you know just halfway in the light of their oh, no. of their flashlights so and then halfway like in the dark oh. and they would call it they said they called out to him the first time and then a couple other multiple times as well and he wouldn't pay attention and no. then he would they couldn't you know they could barely see his face because you know he was like you know perfectly he's a fucking demon yeah basically <laughs> and when they would call when they would try and move to get closer to him or shine a light better on him he would immediately move quickly off to the right or the left <gasps> behind a headstone and disappear oh god 
Yeah, so they said so while they're scary. out there. Yeah, I. it's funny to tell this again because I don't, most of the time, or like half the time, I don't have the hair on the back of my neck stand up. But when I read it, it happens. Oh. I was so spooked. I was listening to Christmas music while I was researching this. <laughs> you're like, all I want for Christmas. Yeah, I was like, all I want for You're like crying as you're reading. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's Christmas. Like, can you not I'm like twerking, but spook at the same time. Yeah, right. <laughs> twerking with chills. <laughs> um, it makes the ass cheeks jiggle better. <laughs> Life hack. You can't twerk. Just get really scared. <laughs> twerk those spirits away. So, <laughs> so this happens a few times while they're there. And... They eventually go home, and a few days later, while this woman is getting into the shower at her house, she oh, has God. that same feeling. Oh, fucking And Christ. I immediately thought of your story when this happened. So she had that same same feeling, and as she goes to reach up and close the curtains to her shower, she can look in her room, and this same dude is standing <gasps> there in her bedroom looking at her. And she's, oh. she stands there and looks at it. And then she finally got too scared and had to look away. And when she looked back, it was gone. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I have chills down my entire body and, right and, now. And um, a lot of this, this is common. This is noted on multiple websites to be a common thing of spirits or just like apparitions following people home when they go visit. Oh, I don't have any other damn. stories of that, but people have just noted, oh, yeah, that happens. Like it follows you home after you visit this place. <gasps> it follows. But then. Ooh, but then it like dissipates after a little bit. Sick. Oh, I love it following. I am so scared. I want to go to the cemetery now. Yeah, right? No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I don't don't know. Cemeteries don't super... If I knew the cemetery had a legend, like had a history... I'd be spooked. Yeah. But if we just went to Provo Cemetery right now, I really... I did the Ouija like, board there. I'd be fun there. spooked, but I wouldn't be, like, legitimately scared. Yeah. yeah. I did the Ouija board there on Friday the 13th when I first Ooh. moved to Utah. Yeah. And I got locked in the cemetery. It was Ew. a Christian. Yeah, with Christian. And, like, yeah. all of the gates closed. And so we had to, like, walk all the way towards the back of the cemetery and, like, hop a gate into someone's, oh, like, Jesus. yard and escape. Because we, like, could not find our way out. But, you know, it's weird. I couldn't get any spirit to communicate with us through the board. At a cemetery. That's weird. Isn't that interesting? They're just they're just like stupid. I guess spirits. it's holy ground. Yeah, oh. they're just stupid. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get fucked tonight. <laughs> it's just stupid. They're like, <laughs> I just to get thrown across the room. Yeah, right. You hear the banging. You just hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so Corey's not here anymore, so I need a spooky person. So Corey's for bleeding the on my carpet. <laughs> Corey's dead, and I think I might be blamed for his death. It was a ghost. <laughs> So second story, it's called Hand in the Cemetery. Oh, fuck me. Hand in the Cemetery. (laughs) So one night, two men went exploring in the cemetery. Yeah, okay. And as they walked by one grave, um, they went to go fuck in the cemetery. Yeah, obviously. We know. They're homos. (laughs) They're homos. (laughs) So as they walked by one grave, it was reported that a hand shot out of it, out of the ground, and began to like thrash around frantically looking for something to grab. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so one of them stupidly, we'll just call it, what do you want to call him? Um, Dumbfuck. Dumbfuck. Okay, so Dumbfuck. <laughs> we'll call him, like, Steve. Steve. So Steve, like, literally reaches his hand out to touch it. Fucking but luckily Steve. before this, Steve looks at his friend and is like, hey, hold on to me. If something happens, I just want to touch it. But what? So he goes and he touches it. And, of course, right before he touches it, the hand lurches out of the ground more till till its whole forearm is Zombies. exposed. And grabs onto him and starts pulling him into the ground, like, into the dirt with him. So he, him, oh. Steve and his friends start to like, you know, fight against this zombie demon, whatever it is. Oh my God. And pull him themselves, like get themselves away. So when that happens, they sort of fall on the ground and they sort of get up and shake themselves off. And Steve says that he looked up to his friend to be like, hey, dude, are you okay? And he looked behind his friend and he saw a figure standing behind him. Oh, Corey, no, yeah. I'm so scared. 
So Steve Steve says he like he jumped towards his friend to get in between the figure and his friend just sort of as a defensive like protecting his Steve's friend a good maneuver. Guy. He's brave. And he said when he went up to the figure to try and push it away, he realized that it was like a decrepit, deformed figure or version of his friend. <gasps> What the so fuck? So it spooked him out, and when he he sort of went up to push it, it sort of backed away and disappeared into the darkness. And he turns around to be like, "Dude, what the fuck?" To his friend, and his friend isn't there. <gasps> so he freaks out, runs back to the car. He gets to his car. His friend and other friends are asleep in the car, and they were going somewhere else. And everybody had fallen asleep, and he, in a trance, Steve in a trance, drove to the cemetery and got out all by himself, thinking that he got out with his friend to investigate this t- this cemetery. Oh, isn't that crazy, oh, scary? Oh, they can make a movie based off of just that, right there. Just off of that, just that, yeah. So Steve, like, literally, was just like got thought that he was with his friend investigating this this cemetery, but when he got back, he remembered oh shit, we're not even trying to do this. I don't even know, like, where am I? How did I get to this place? That's insane. Yeah. And his, all of his friend and a couple other friends that were with him had fallen asleep on the drive home. Oh. Yeah. Holy fucking hell. That's scary. That that's a little creepy story. Scary. I'm scared. I'm Current mood is terrified. Current mood, scared. <laughs> Current mood fucking scared. Um, third story. There is There are many reports of seeing red lights, like the red lights from the, the history demon that I talked about yes. being in the woods. Um, but most of the time when you see the red lights on the road, that means you're sort of more double fucked. And the, <laughs> the lights always uh, mimic how many people are in the car. So oh. one night there were four people in the car and they ahead of them, they knew of this legend. So they go on the road and they start driving and they see four red lights oh. off in the distance. And Let's so, go. I'm so scared. And, no. And so they could tell that they weren't moving because they were getting closer as they kept driving. So when they got closer to the lights, they slowed down to look at the lights. Oh my and God. then they all of a sudden, like the car started jerking <gasps> and they felt something land on top of the trunk of the car. And they, oh. they turned the two people in the back report turning around and trying to see like through the light they saw four dents in the trunk of the car as like a some demon like heavy demon was or creature was standing on top of the trunk but they couldn't see anything they just saw the dents oh my god yeah so they freak out and they drive away they never return that's that's their little story um there is a form online that is linked with another website i forgot to note it down i'm sorry but there's a form that is just like it's like scary stories.com or something like that i'm sorry there's a form online where there's a post about uh, the demon road. And then some people have uh, noted their own personal little stories. So I have two little quick stories of people um, that have left comments about the demon road. Yes. So I'm the first so one is from uh, the admin named Robert. It Hello, says, Robert. I was out at Martha's Chapel Cemetery with the paranormal investigation team a few years ago. Casual. My per- Yeah, cash. <laughs> my personal experience was when my EMF reader... Went off in the middle of the cemetery. Oh, God. Since there was no electricity in that area, it was very strange. I also heard what sounded to be a pack of howling animals, wolves, coyotes, or something like that, coming towards our group right before we left. Other members stated that they saw shadowy figures darting from gravestone to gravestone and around other cars. Oh, my God. Isn't that intense? (laughs) So then K.H. wrote, We went to Bowden Road and uh, went to the cemetery. Turned the car off and the lights. Nothing happened, so we returned to Bowden Road, and upon returning to the road, I suggested trying it again. So we turned off the car and waited, waited a while. 
I saw I then saw a hand next to my face, but no one in the car was near my face. And then I turned around, I turned the car back on and there was a huge or there were huge handprints all <gasps> over my car. <gasps> two of the people oh in the car with me reported seeing two lights getting closer to the car in the large field that was right next to us, and we started the car before the lights got got too close. Oh. I have yeah. So there's there's pictures body. of pe- in that in that same like form of people being like look at this and there's just like handprints on the car windows and there's just like people report there it says there are over a hundred uh, <gasps> reports of people over drive 100? just driving down Bowdoin Road and not even knowing that it's a bad place just you know driving through it to get from you know place to place and just using it for some reason yeah. I don't know why and they just come home and there's like weird handprints all over the windows of their car what the Fuck. Yeah, just like ghosts okay. were. Uh, uh, that moved and it scared me. Oh, I'm but just so like scared. ghosts going up and like touching the no! windows. Oh, that's so scary. Well, so we need to find some of those pictures and we'll post it in our yeah. episode highlights. Oh yeah, we'll put po- we'll post that in the episode I'm highlights. Scared. So besides these mystery lights and the massive ham- handprints, plenty of other ghostly apparitions are seen on the roadway to Martha's Chapel Cemetery. Two of the most common. This is a little creepy, channel. Oh God. <laughs> Two of the man. most common are a young child that is seen riding a tricycle along the roadway. No. Like no matter what no. time of day. No. <laughs> no. 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 So it is said that he will not look at you unless you call out, and if you if you like slow down your card to provoke, he is reported as his head slowly turning towards you. Sorry, I turned my head, guys. Um, and when he looks at you, he has red glowing <gasps> eyes, and they are said to stare so intensely at you as if they're looking into your soul. Uh, 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 uh. And then he won't he won't disappear until you look away. I would run him over with my car. I'd be so, like, sorry, freaky child. No, I know, child. right? I'd be, like, I'd be like, I'm looking at you as I'm like charging up my car. Yeah, to right. fuck it's you. a real child. You're like, fuck. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> the demon got me. <laughs> Damn you, demons. Um, so the other one is... Okay, yeah. So the other one is reported to be a man that has no face and he's supposed to oh, uh, he's supposed to just be walking down the road oh my god Tip this is just as scary no right he's supposed to be walking down the road and he will stop and turn around and then point at you and he doesn't have a face. <gasps> oh my yeah god. and he's they everybody who sees him says they report as like immediate you know if it isn't already scary enough they report as feeling like the most intense dread they've ever felt in their life like you know you you feel the dread and scariness from what you're actually seeing but then there's also like a supernatural element of feeling intense dread like i'm when he points at you oh isn't that disgusting i want to throw up and cry right violently masturbate to that i'm so violently masturbate (laughs) (laughs) to just change my feelings i need to feel something again (laughs) Also, uh, on top of this, it is said that the that the demon's victims uh, huh. from that story and just like victims from the road are, are seen now. to be standing in the woods alongside the road at night to warn you to not go to the cemetery. So you, as you're driving down, you'll just see like, you know, figures of ghosts standing there being like, no, d- no like, dude. Turn the fuck like, around. Like turn your fucking ass well, around. Already, <laughs> if I was driving and I saw like a human a ghost on the side of the road near oh, a forest. I'd be like, Oh my God, Chad, I'm, I'm getting chills. Like that man in the coat that we saw. What man? Did you see coat? him? Or was that just Bakes and I? When was this? No, didn't you see that? When <gasps> we would drive. Oh my no. God. Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, God. oh my God. Oh my God. I'm getting chills. Okay. That scared me the fuck out. We have out. to explain How do we, how do we explain this? Because he's in like, 
He was in. It first white happened to you guys, and I saw him like a month. Was he later. in white temple clothes? It was all white, like suit. So, so temple we'll, clothes. So yeah, we'll yeah explain that. Yeah. So, um, in the Mormon church, they when they go to the temple, they dress up in all white, like all white suits. Women wear all white dresses. Yeah, to like walk that. into, and then they dress up as something else, but that's part of. And their, it's like their pristine white, white clothes. Like yeah. if it's off white, they won't let you. You in. like you have a white tie. You have a white. You know, you don't have to enter like this. Yeah, you enter but when in you go, like you especially temple workers will go yeah. do it. Yeah. So, Corey and Bakes, saw, you have to tell the story first because I saw him like a month. Okay. Later. So one night, Bakes and I are driving home from Chana's house. Yes. And y'all know Bakes from the listener stories, the Halloween bonus episode. Go listen to it. Yeah. You fucking bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's part. He's part of part one. He's part of part one. Yeah. He shares like one of the, yeah whatever. Anyways, so we're driving home at what was is it exactly? It was around one. It, it was, was like between one, one and two. We we all saw this. Yeah, I, we saw it twice and then you saw it once. Oh my god! So I at chills. around one o'clock, oh we are driving. It is one o'clock and it is one o'clock in Orm, Utah. So that's like another level of des- desertedness. Yeah, let's set the okay? scene. This after... isn't one o'clock around fucking LA. Yeah, this is like after ten thirty in Orm or Provo. It's dead. Everything it's... closes at nine. Everything closes at for... nine. It's, fucking in and out and mcdonald's yeah it's like pitch black everywhere you do not see people you barely see people walking throughout the day let alone at night yeah right you barely see a car you maybe see one cop i mean it's like you're in a small town there's yeah. nothing as, especially one o'clock in the morning yeah it's like uh-uh. as if you're driving at three o'clock in the morning and no anywhere else anywhere else yeah yeah so we're driving home it is only a six minute drive if that and, if that and we're driving home and we see this man in <sighs> full temple garb at 1 a.m so there's no reason anybody should be coming home from their the temp the mormon temples Temples or going to the temple the mormon temples there's no reason it is an old man dressed in all white garb um walking on the side of the road not the sidewalks and orem is really good about having sidewalks because usa mormon wholesomeness like there's (laughs) (laughs) there's sidewalks everywhere he is not on the side. He's on the side of the road, and he's just walking, and he has a grin. Yes! And it is oh, so God. fucking disturbing. We literally just drove, and, and we were in separate cars. He was, I was not, he was in his car, oh, I was in my car, because we got there at different times. And we drive down at 1 a.m. seeing this, and we get home, and Bakes is just really quiet, and I go, hey, Bakes, did you, he goes, oh, my God, did you see, <laughs> sorry, I yelled. He was like, oh, my God, did you see that, too? I thought I was hallucinating that. Like, I'm fucking scared. Oh, and I was like, God. Bakes, I saw it, too. Then we forget about it. I think we maybe mention it. They mentioned it to me, and I didn't believe them. Well, I was yeah. like, that's terrifying. And then we saw shit. it like two weeks later. Yeah. And then. Okay. So again, they're driving from home from my house. They saw it. And then one day I was driving home from Corey's house at one o'clock in the morning to mine. And Jordan was in the car. And we were driving. And I like look over and I see a old man in all white grinning walking down like the road right uh, next it's, to he's me. walking on the shoulder and not the not big the sidewalk. ass sidewalk yeah on the shoulder and he's just grinning like walking doing his thing he might have had a cane i don't remember i don't and even I saw remember. him and i was like oh my god <laughs> i like called he Corey. like turns and looks at you and his eyes go laser no, red. <laughs> i literally called Corey. i was like Corey, i see him right now oh my god it was literally I, like seriously to this day it is either a a man who has like dementia d- dementia yeah. or and that's that's just as sad or that's not that's semi-scary but just more sad and i like hope he's okay yeah 
But also, it's it's literally either that or that is a one hundred percent ghost. I mean, he was like the grin. Was yeah, it's the grin. So I mean, it's yeah, it's not like it's not even maniacal. It's just unsettling because it's one a.m. Yeah, <laughs> and it'd be one thing if we saw like an old person walking down the street, like hobbling with the cane, like Ugh, yeah, die yeah. Any second, but he was like strutting and grinning. He, yeah, and he's just like, like walking like it's the fifties. Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was terrifying uh, it's terrifying anyways so, yeah anyways that's your fucking sex life yeah. i'm so scared right anyways now. and podcast is over <laughs> podcast, I'm i have to drive home yeah <laughs> if i see him i'm i'm crashing the car and killing myself <laughs> crash into him though make it exciting oh right like, yeah cory like, martin we'll, killed a dementia old man oh my god that was so sad <laughs> thinking he was a demon <laughs> and it's like premeditative murder because they see this podcast yeah no god damn it <laughs> Oh, fuck, we're fucked. We're fucked. So anyways. We so can't kill any old men for the next like 10 years. At least. Damn it. There goes Damn my it. Saturday night activity. Fuck. So this road, Boner Road. It's like Boner Road? Boner Road. Boner yes. Road. So Boner Road. <laughs> there's creepy people, little ghost figures. Oh yeah, are, like, I'm literally almost done. We just got on a big sidetrack. It was fine. an important sidetrack. It side was important because that was legit. That's like the, that's probably the biggest, that's the second biggest evidence of supernatural things. That's like the big. That's actually the biggest thing I can't explain. Yeah, I I'm can't like, explain my entire story. I'm like, what the fuck? I have no like. That is either an old man with dementia, yeah. who seems to be getting out from some place at one a.m. very often, right? Or it's a ghost. Yeah, and we haven't seen him since. Yeah, luckily I've I don't driven, have to drive on that road tonight. I've driven home on that road plenty of times at one o'clock morning since then, and I've not seen him since. Oh, n- neither we. I saw him. Bakes and I saw him differently in, in two different cars that one time, yeah. and then we were in the same car the next time, and then you saw him. So it was all within, like, um, like six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Damn. Okay, anyways, back to Boner Road. So, yeah, the last things about Boner Road is that another legend reports that there's a goat man who will oh, scare <laughs> and even attack you if you park near the cemetery road so you have to park further away and then walk down the road which is almost ah, scary ah, like, i don't know go demon or just walk alone in the woods for 200 yards i don't know oh like, oh my god i want to go i'm so i'll scared. just flip a coin last thing is some say that the kkk oh, um, have been st- spotted on demon road holding <sighs> ritual ceremonies i think Ugh. these are more older 60s 70s 80s legends that yeah. are tied to the road um, but it is even said that the members of the cult have been seen drinking blood from a sacrificed dog, Ugh. which is disgusting. And that's we- That sounds really weird and really specific. Cause witchy, cause KKK and I saw it on three of the websites that I was looking at. So then I find I was like the first couple times I was like, eh, they probably just copied each other. Yeah. And then I saw it for a third time and I was like, okay, third times happening did so they know i'll put it in the kkk because they were wearing the kkk outfit it just yeah. seems so witchy to do it. no yeah no 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 it is Satan-y. yeah like they have their their because you hear pointy white Ugh. robes on or whatever yeah that. yeah um, fuck racism <laughs> yeah so um that that's most of the stuff that goes on with demons road with boner road. um there's some other little accounts you could go look at them online just type in demons road um boner legends road. shit like that boner road legend put put okay <laughs> type in boner road P-O-R-N-H-U-B. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it with your mom and dad. Yeah, share it with your siblings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can go on YouTube and if you type in Demon's Road, um, there's like a shit ton of fucking, like it I, it goes on That's for like cool. tens of pages. I'm for just like people going and investigating They and should shit make like, like a movie out of Boner Road, out of the cemetery. Yeah, I think stuff. there is a movie. I think there's a really low budget movie made oh, out of it. Yeah, but even. I didn't look at it because I was like, I've never heard of this. So that means it's 
maybe pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the um, Amityville movie we were going to oh watch on God. YouTube. Okay. We should link <laughs> no, it we, to No, we you already guys. said it. We've already gone off about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to link it because it's literally like it the, is the funniest, funniest shit ever. It's probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like if you gave Chana and us an iPhone and then just put us in the woods for four hours in the dark, <laughs> we would make a better movie. <laughs> we would. You can give us a fucking Android. Uh, and then give us like ketchup bottles. Movie. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we would make a pretty good movie. If people were like, Chandler Corey, go make a movie. We could do it. You could write it. I could act. Oh, fuck yeah. We could make a great movie. Yeah, so that's my story about Demon's Road. Well, sweet baby Jesus yes, Boner bitch. Road. That is scary, and I want to go. I yes. want to fucking go. That reminds me when, like, a couple of years ago, I used to read ghost stories before I went to bed because I was a psychopath. Really? I had this ghost app, and it would people would just uh, submit ghost stories that's every terrifying. day. That's terrifying. I couldn't do that. This is actually, I was doing it during my, it happened after all of my uh, scary stuff. So this is when I was like oh, in okay. high school in the beginning yeah, okay, of right before, yeah. So I would read scary stories every night because I'm a maniac. Ooh. And I wonder if this was about Boner Road because it sounds really similar. I read a story and they were driving their car and um, they put chalk on because the, they heard about handprints happening on the car. And so they put like chalk oh. on their windshield, on like no. the back windows. And they parked and just stopped and stayed there. And they no. turned on the light. There was just like... All these handprints so all around their car and chalk. I feel so violated. Yeah. I wonder if that was Boner Road or if that was somewhere else. Oh, my God. Might have, oh, my Okay, that moved again, the blanket right next to your head. And no, I'm, it keeps, what? like, jiggling right here. Ah! And I'm like, please stop. The, it's the, like, old, nah. the old guy in the suit's like, blah, 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 blah. it's dementia. Stop, Jenna. Oh, I can visualize that so much. I'm so scared. That's actually the most scared I've been on this podcast. Okay. I can visualize that. Literally, Continue. my nipples are hard and I have chills. I don't understand what's happening. My the, my body is still half in a closet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Update. We have not purchased the microphone arms. So, Corey's... So, my body is still half fucked. <laughs> so, we're still in a blanket floor. Corey's in a closet and his back is facing my demon mirror. Ew, which I covered half the way. Yeah, which is... Scary stuff. So still. the bottom half where I am could still be sucked into the mirror realm. Corey's like, Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, bye. Yeah, I just like, Harry Potter, bye. I'm like, so there's a new opening for anyways has your sex life. If you want to do right? spooky stuff. I just I just speak through the mirror realm. Yeah. It all comes back like, I was next. Oh my God. That'd be a fun podcast. That would be I'd a, listen to that shit. I would totally. I'm like, you have hey. to like listen to my part backwards. Oh, <laughs> Whenever shit. I talk. That's oh, cool. Shit. I'm like, hey guys, it's Chana. And <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. What's fuck backwards? Cuff. Cuff? Cuff. You just hear cuff, 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 cuff over and over. And sex and then, is ex- Yeah, like, sex. So- and like, he's hot. Tahi. Or we go hot. Hot. Ta. Ta. <laughs> and daddy's your dad. Your dad. <laughs> yes, daddy. Say your dad. What's yes, daddy in mirror realm? Say your dad. <laughs> Somebody say that. Oh my God, that's the title of this podcast. <laughs> This mirror What's realm? yes, daddy in mirror realm? Okay, if we were on acid and we were talking about the mirror realm, I'd be I like, would, oh my I, god. If I thought about the mirror realm on acid, it'd be gone. I would go for a walk. I would be in the mirror realm. Yeah, I would be in the mirror realm for the next 30 minutes and it, battle my way ah, out. <laughs> okay, so anyways. Anyways. So now we're going to jump into sex mine. life? What are you so doing? mine, I'm actually doing my podcast about one of my all-time favorite things in the entire world to research. Yes. And I have been saving this podcast to do... Um, because I love it so much. Yeah, this is a big one. Yeah. So this is a big we one. We could have easily done like a joint. We yeah. cu- Halfway through, I was like, oh, we should have done a joint because no, it was so I, big. But That's true. That's true. Because there's no, just so I much like, going I like you doing it. it. Yeah. So I am talking about Jonestown, the People's yes. Temple. 
So super fun fact before I jump into Jonestown, um, one of my all-time favorite songs in the entire world, Go Outside by Colts, their music video is of them in Jonestown, like they, you know, like impose themselves into the Jonestown people singing. And that was my first um, time I've ever even heard of Jonestown. Uh, And then I started researching it and that's when I realized drink the Kool-Aid, that phrase comes from Jonestown. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Lana mentions it too. And Lana's um, awesome. What? Lana mentions it too. She mentions Jonestown? She mentions Kool-Aid. When? Uh, I think it's Freak. Oh, oh yeah. I think it's in Freak. Like me too. Come on down, baby. Be a freak. She's like, like drink that fucking Kool-Aid. Too. I'm like, okay. <laughs> if you have not heard Go Outside by Colts, go listen to it. And actually go watch the music video because it's really cool. And it's just one join of... a cult. What? Don't. Don't join a cult. <laughs> we did it. Don't. We're both like, huh? join our cult. You are part of the Anyways Hazard. Yeah, join this cult. cult. This one's fun. So Like zero commitment almost. Right. Like I was saying, everyone knows the famous expression, drink the Kool-Aid, uh, and the mass suicide that happened in Jonestown after they drank the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go into the history behind the People's Temple and to dive into why it happened, like what actually was happening. I'm really going to focus on Jim Jones and how he, this cult became big enough that drink the Kool-Aid is a wide known yeah. phrase. Yeah. So we're going to first start. I'm not going to be giving you like specific dates for specific events. I mean, I might like a little bit, but it's more I'm going to explain what happened during certain gaps, periods of time. Like, for example, the first thing I'm going to talk about is what happened in Indiana from 1931 to 1965. So okay. this is a pretty big span that I'm going to be going over. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to go through Jim Jones, the background of good old Jimmy Jones, who I'm probably related to. So maybe whenever, not. Whenever no. somebody says Jim Jones, I think of uh, the Dimsdale Dividome. Oh, yeah. What's it? Uh, Doug Divot. Doug Dickadome. Oh, one of the Dimsdale Dividome. I don't know why. Yeah, from Fairly Odd Parents. Well, so that's what I think of. So Jim Jones is pretty much him, I guess. So going into Jim Jones's background, so he grew up in a giant, in a huge, huge family, was extremely poor, and from an early age, he was obsessed with religion and death. Since he was about five, um, his friends. Ew. Mentioned that he loved conducting like funerals, <laughs> like conduct. He's what like a five year old. He's fuck? like, you want to play funeral? And uh, he also liked conducting funerals for so- for small animals. A specific example, a, pr- a little kid gave, or not a kid anymore. He's like an old guy. But he said when they were like six or seven, he saw Jim Jones kill a cat, and then he's like, okay, now we can have a funeral. And like had a funeral for the cat he just oh killed, God. and the kid was like, "What the fuck? I don't want to hang out with you anymore." I poisoned my friend. Um, so <laughs> Jim's I'd be Jim, like, "Okay, you die." Yeah, I'm like, "Cool, Jim, Jimmy boy, we're never hanging out again." Right. So Christ. his dad was a super drunk, and his so his mom had to work all the time. So you know, it's shocker. a classic super dysfunctional yeah, poor family. This is the 30s. Um, yes. And so, and he also grew up. He was a big outcast. He was super poor, and he grew up, uh, quote unquote, like the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Uh, so he really understood the problems that like black people were facing at the time, and he befriended a lot of the black community. Oh, um, that's cool. That's interesting. So yeah, like this is actually kind of what started his religion and everything was oh. him wanting racial equality because he okay. was pretty far ahead of his time, especially if you're growing up in a small town in Indiana. Yeah. Um, he became friends with literally like the only black kid that was his age in town and he tried to bring him home to meet his whole family and jim's dad said that a person of color was not allowed in the house so jim said then i shan't go in and he's never saw his family again he just oh left. shit so he so from an early age i mean his we'll go young him so go young him um, other than the cat 
Yeah. Other than the cat. We'll I mean, overlook that. He's probably a sociopath then. <laughs> but, you know, there, that is an important thing to note about Jim Jones is he, everything that he did, and you will understand, like, the more I get into this, he was really searching for a equal utopia in a sense. Like, yeah. he wanted, like, racial equality. He wanted you know, gender equality. He wanted it all for gays and whatnot. Like he was pretty far out of time. Unfortunately, Unfortunately he made a cult out of that. So Jim Jones searched for a community and found one in a Methodist church in Indiana. Uh, he was fascinated that the preachers seemed like fathers over the people and he had power over people's lives. So he was really fascinated with how much these priests and these fathers could influence an entire congregation. Yeah. Um, during this time, he started studying communism. So great. Root. Um, and he started believing that communism, socialism, you know, the good stuff, that that was truly the only way to have a successful world and the only way to live and be equal and okay. happy. Um, now, after seeing the power the preachers had over people's lives, he decided that becoming a preacher would be the best way for him to spread his ideas about communism and uh, make a difference in the world. So he pretty much he wanted radical change and he was going to be using religion to get there. And so a lot of people think that he oh. was like super relig- and like the cult was super religious and it really wasn't. It was he was masking communism and socialism with, you know, Jesus and with Yeah. So in 1955, Jim Jones founded the People's Temple in Indianapolis. Um this the church stood out for its multiracial membership, which was revolutionary during this time. Okay. This is 1955 Indiana. A Oh, yes. Midwestern. Yes. So this is the time of rach- of racial segregation. Like mm-hmm. a church that's featuring black people and white people was shocking. Yeah. Um, now, in order to increase publicity, the temple organized large religious conventions. Um, these conventions drew in as as many as around eleven thousand attendees. Um, Jones and other preachers around the community they would conduct healings. Um, and they would impress inten- attendees by revealing private information about them. Like, you, sir, your social – God's telling me that your social security number is 12345678. Um, the reason – they and they would be able to give you your addresses. And, like, oh, how is your mother Martha doing? So they are able to wow all these people with knowing this personal information. Oh, okay. Um, but private information was incredibly easy to get back then with a PI. Like, it wasn't how it is now. Like, you just – pay someone 10 bucks you're like get me all the info you you can get on that guy and they can come back like that afternoon be like here's his address here's his mom's address here's a social security number here's this here's that and so and then jones and temple members also drove through various cities in indiana and ohio and they were recruiting and getting fundraising efforts so they were just traveling around just trying to get as many funds and as members as possible um now the temple stressed egalitarian ideals asking members to attend in casual clothes so poor members would not feel out of place and they would also be providing a shelter for the needy so he really wanted this religion to look as equal as possible um in 1959 he started learning a new rhetoric style from father divine jim jones learned how to rile up crowds through father divine like father divine was his mentor um and father divine was the founder of the international peace mission movement um so Father Divine's speech captivated members with lulls and crescendos, and uh, and then Jones learned to challenge individual members in front of the group. Oh, um, wow. So this 
the speech also marked the beginning of the temple's underlying us versus them message. This is when it started, when Jones is like, and we're here and they're out there and what? we're safe in here, we're not safe out there. Yeah. And they're this and they're us. So it's the us versus them through this very lively show. He would also paint Jesus as a communist. So this is what I was talking about, how he's using religion kind of as a tool to spread his communist message. Okay. Um, while at the same time, he started attacking text of the Bible. So it was like, he slowly started then saying like religion, this and that, but then doing jabs of the Bible to try to peel everyone away from the Bible yeah, just and more slowly. getting into yeah. his ideas of communism. Got it. So in February 1960, the temple opened up a soup kitchen for the poor and expanded their social services to include rent assistant, job placement services, free canned goods, clothing, and coal for winter heating. Um, Jones and his wife helped increase the temple soup kitchen to serve about 2,800 meals per month. So th- now this the People's Temple was becoming a wonderful move, like a wonderful religion to join in a sense. Because okay. you're finding community. They help you if you are in need. So it's great for people that are poor. Um, it's great for people that are rich because they feel like they can help. Um, so this is when the temple began tightening its organization and asking more of its members than most churches. Uh-oh. Um, so... One example is they required that members spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with the temple family rather than their actual blood family. This is the beginning of a process to separate members from families in the world so they would commit to the temple's social and political goals. Yeah. So this is the beginning. They're like, oh, hey, you can spend Christmas with them. Or, you know, you can spend Christmas with your real family and this and that. And you can help the poor. Yeah, or you could be like better. And you could be better. A better member if you did this. Yeah, exactly. And it was just... Sounds familiar. Yeah. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So now Jones began um, what he called religious communalism. Um, so <laughs> <What>? this is one. <laughs> Bless you. Gesundheit. <laughs> religious communalism. Okay, okay. Com- communism with an L. So members <laughs> would donate their material possessions to the temple in exchange for the temple meeting. Um, so they would donate 20% of their income. That's what it started with. Tidy. Sounds familiar. <laughs> So now this is when shit starts getting fun. So and I mean this is terrible, but fun because it's exciting, but it's terrible. So and then they all die. Half of this podcast is me just laughing like that. Right. So in 1961, Jones claimed that he had a vision of Chicago coming under a nuclear attack, and Indianapolis would also be destroyed. What the fuck? Casual. So also at this time, he had a lot of pressure to leave Indianapolis because of the extreme racism. So this, all the racism he was experiencing. Um, Plus his visions of a nuclear attack, um, this made him start looking for other places to move the church. Okay. So in 1962, Jones... Oh, sorry, sorry, butting in. If you hear bumps, it's Boos. Oh, Boos, you're here. He's here. Um, He's back. So 1962, Jones came across an Esquire article that listed the nine safest places in the world in the event of a nuclear catastrophe. Um, One of the cities that was cited was Ukiah, California, which is like Northern California. So... Jones persuaded his his congregation that they needed to leave for California and even warned them of a nuclear attack that would happen on July 15th, 1967. Okay. I wrote, whoa, da-da-da, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, at this time, um, Jones really wanted a rainbow family because he really was all about racial He wants a equality. gay family? He wants a gay family. Yes. Um, they call it a rainbow family. So he adopted two Asian kids, a black kid, oh, and okay. he had We're white talking son. about race. We're okay. talking about race right now, not not homos. That's okay. later. Um, so he had- can't, can't be too woke. It's only 1955. We, we can't be too woke yet. Like, give us, yeah. like, a couple. This is 19, you know, the 60s. Yeah. So we're getting woketh. 
yeah. you know, give it a couple we're years. We're trying. So he had a huge, you know, huge family with all these different races. And so in Indianapolis, people were like, fuck you, Jim Jones. But to the, his church, you know, he was this becoming slowly but steadily this godlike figure like oh he wants equality he helps the poor he helps the disabled he helps people that don't have clothes he helps feed them now he has his wonderful family he's adopting these kids from asia or from china he's adopting this yeah black like kid. He's, he's having his wife he's a kid. saint he's a saint yeah, yeah. you know he wanted this whole image that he was a saint so now this is taking place in ukiah california from 1965 to 1974 so the move to Ukiah, there was about 12 to 15 cars that drove across the country to move the church to Ukiah, the promised land. 12 to 15 cars. I think they said there was around, well, they started with around 141 people when they got there. So that many people uprooted their entire lives to follow him because they love Jim Jones. Yeah. And I'm also, this should tell you how persuasive he can be yeah. and how these people were so involved in, in their entire That's life so started circulating around this religion. So they uprooted everything and left. They built the People's Temple Farm in Redwood Valley. And like I said, they started with around 141 people. So the people, um, it was made up of a large and diverse mix of racial backgrounds, age groups, economic status, etc. Anyone that, that would be drawn to the church's progressive and activist ideals would pretty much join. So it was getting a really great variety, a big bunch of people. Okay. Um, during their time in the temple, these people would devote... They would perform altruistic deeds for the community. Um, some of them would turn their lives around, get off drugs, get off crime. So this church was a really positive influence on the members. It's not, at the beginning at least, it's not like these members were having a bad time. This church is actually pretty helpful for people for a little bit. Just eventually everything gets fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, members felt like they were a giant family instead of a church. Um, everyone was warm and loving. They all wanted peace and equality. Um, no one was above each other except Jim Jones. Jim Jones okay. you know, was the god. Um, as the people's temples grew, members would dedicate hours and hours and hours of their lives to help the cause. They would work on the farm. They would spend hours in meetings with Jim. Some meetings would go all the way until like dawn. Like they would just spend. This what one girl fuck? said the longest she's ever stayed awake in her life was six days straight during this time of the people's temple. Oh, my God. Um, they would drive buses to and from Los Angeles to, you know, Ukiah to Northern California to get people. They would promote um they were like missionaries in a sense all throughout California, just trying to promote the people's temple. Yeah. Um, you know, this, their religion quickly consumed their entire lives. So the people's temple brought a bunch of, they bought a bunch of Greyhound buses and they started touring the country every summer to spread the message of the people's temple. Whoa. So it's like these crazy hippies are like, yeah, let's go do this. Now the message, you know, was socialism, racial equality, the promised land, all the good stuff. Um, with this, he gathered more and more members and brought them back to the temple through the Greyhound buses, and they called them Freedom Trains. Um, now, in five years, the people's temple grew from 140 to the thousands. Holy shit. It's reported shit. over 20,000. Oh, my God. But realistically, they think it's a really around 3,000, maybe 20,000 people said, yeah, I'm part of it. But people that actually okay. were really part of it, 3,000. So now Jones began deriding traditional Christianity as a flyaway religion and rejected the Bible as white man's justification to dominate women and enslave people of color. So before he was using Jesus as a communism, is a communist, but now he's starting since these people were so um, involved and they're so they're so deep into they're this. So now he could start yeah, saying what yeah. the whole fucking thing was. And these people, you know, they're women and people of color. So they're like the lowest of the low during the time. He's like, your Bible, this God 
It's just a tool to enslave you. Holy shit. And to degrade you and to dominate you. Um, so he authored a booklet he would distribute in the temple. It's called The Letter Killeth. Um, and it would point out what he felt were the contradictions, absurdities, and atrocities in the Bible. Um, but he also said the Bible did contain great truths. So, you know, like, this okay. is wrong, this is wrong, but love your neighbor and shit but, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Jones preached that the divine principle equated with love and love equated with socialism. He said the Bible contains beliefs about a sky god or buzzard god um, who is no god at all. Um, he basically told the people to only believe what you could see. So the whole faith thing, like, fuck that. If you can see it, it's real. If you can't see it, fuck it. Um, he, <laughs> fuck it. And he told them, I have a quote here. He said, um, if you see me as your friend, then I am your friend. If you see me as your father, then I am your father. Is you see, if you see me as your savior, I'll be your savior. If you see me as your God, then I am your God. Yeah. <laughs> so he started, and then this is when he started getting to known to have the power to heal people during sermons. Um, so he would use the temple members to pretend to be you know afflicted with something like i'm blind i'm sick i get this because if like beyonce said that i'd be like okay she's you're like i'm sick <laughs> or she's like if you see me as your god i am your god i'm like you're oh my god you're like amen to that god he's like, like the little shrine to her <laughs> um so he would use the temple's members to pretend to be locals and you know acted with and so they would play out these whole faked healings and revelations the most famous one that is in multiple documentaries. I mean, you, you've definitely seen or heard about it. It's the woman in the wheelchair, the old lady, where he said, old lady, like, what's wrong? She's like, I haven't been able to walk in 30 years. He's like, okay, I want you to reach out your hands and I want you to stand. Stand right now. And she yeah. shakes. She starts standing. He's like, take a first step. And she, like, can barely take a first step. And he's like, take another step. And she's shaking. And he's like, walk towards me. Walk towards me. I can feel you. I can feel you. Walk towards me. Yeah. And she starts walking slowly. And he's like, run. And she starts running down. And everyone's like, ah. ah! Like, I watched the video. And I had, like, chills yeah. by people's reactions. He's like, twerk. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. And she's, like, crying and twerking and running. Um, turns out this is actually Jim Jones' secretary. They just Damn. acted this shit out. So people were eating this shit up they believed he was a savior a healer a friend a leader the people loved him so jim jones went from preacher status to a fucking god yeah, this is jim a, jones yeah. um this temple became a huge organization um and he started convincing members to sell their houses and donate mem to donate money to the temple Shit. why uh he basically said you do you donate money to the church and in exchange the church will take care of you for life and will help others hi toulouse oh please don't ruin our fort um, so people would either sell their houses, donate their money, or people would donate their entire paychecks. Um, if you did that, you got an allowance of $5 a day, which sounds really small. He's going to fuck up the fort. Oh my God, Toulouse, <laughs> don't fuck up the fort. Three seconds after you say, please don't fuck up the fort, Come he's here. like up against it, like Come pushing here. it over. <laughs> Come here, you little psychopath. <laughs> so they would donate their paychecks. In return, they would get an allowance of $5 a day, which just sounds really shitty, but Every single thing was covered by the church. So, like, okay. the $5 that you didn't have to spend. Um, for example, doctor visits, dentist visits, clothes, food. If you needed a lawyer, if you needed a ride somewhere, if you needed a babysitter, if you needed anything, the church got you. He also started setting up groups within the People's Temple to help organize events, to help watch over the funds. You know, the lawyer groups, the farming groups, this and that. Um, he also had a special elite team of 8 to 10 young people, mostly women. Um, and they would take on the temple's most secretive missions. Mine would be mostly men. Yeah. Corey's just like all these hot as hell men. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah. You're like, you're my secret. You're for a secret mission. It's to penetrate me deeply. They would all be like 
90% lookalikes of Ryan Gosling, Bradley Cooper, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, so most of them are women. And, you know, these women, a lot of them, you know, were in college. They were smart women. Like, they, it's not like these were just naive, dumb people. They were but, people that believed yeah, in the cause. and this could, like, this is, like, really set to a point because maybe, okay, not maybe, but they, they were. They were, like, smart women. But maybe they're, like, there because they they see this place and they're, like, wow, I'm I'm seen as an equal here. I'm going to go here exactly. and make a difference. That's the whole thing. Fuck. Like, everyone believed in the cause because this cause yeah. was positive at first it was racial equality women yeah. have rights gays are it's okay like everything's okay yeah. here. like oh i can just go get fucking married and then get beat by my drunk husband or i can go I can and come like, try here and make, make a, a difference, difference here or yeah. i could work on this farm and i could give money Damn, and sad. i could help all of these poor people come here and have a place they opened you know retirement homes for people they would take care of everyone like you can be part of a cause in a community and you can feel like you're making a difference uh, in the world yeah so at the beginning Even if it's it a looks... small utopia yeah. It just felt like a like a heaven. Like the guy said, he walked in, he looked around, he said, "This is my heaven." It's like and he super changed tantalizing his whole life. from the outside, yeah. Exactly. And for a while, it, it was it was going in that direction. Yes, exactly. For a while, this was good. Like that's people always just think of Jonestown when they're in Gu- Guyana or whatever, Guana, yeah. however you say it. Yeah. But that's yeah. not how it was. Like there were years and years where this was, there was an act, there was a cause, there was a reason for them doing it, and they were helping each other. So that's what was really fun for me to research was really seeing into it and seeing like, how oh wow this was like sort of legit and how i understand because people are like how could they fall into a cult well how could you not at this time like if i was in the 60s and i was a woman half the millennials would be like yeah no exactly like if i was a woman <laughs> in northern california and this group approached me and i saw how free and loving everything was why wouldn't i join I'd be like, oh wow i know for a fact i probably would have yeah. so i would have been like this is for a cause. We're helping people. We're doing this. Like, yeah. communism is Oh, a this scary. is a little weird to <laughs> but, give up that, and this is a little weird to give up that, but, like, oh, okay. But, like, I give up my paycheck, and suddenly I'm seen as equal. Suddenly, I'm on this special elite team in this organization yeah. that I would never have had these opportunities yeah, before. Yeah, you can see how it could happen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So now, um, this next section is called Fun Facts About Jim Jones and Gay Stuff. <laughs> <Gay>. <laughs> and fucking gay stuff. So this new guy started working in the temple, and he saw Jim in passing. Jim stopped him and asked him how he likes the temple. You know, super casual conversation. Hey, hello, new temple member. How yeah. are you doing? Um, this guy eventually is pretty important in Jim Jones's life. I don't remember his name. Okay. I don't really talk about his name specifically. In his life? Um, uh... No, I mean, he's just, he's super, he's one of the only survivors of Jonestown. Oh, shit. Okay, sorry. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horrible person. Uh, but Jim Jones out of nowhere, put his hand on the back of the guy's neck and said, I'll put it up your butt if you want. <laughs> Wait, Jim Jones said that to him? Yeah. And the oh, worker okay. was like, lol, what? <laughs> and he was, was like... Jim, was Jim Jones attractive? I don't and, remember. Uh, not really. Okay. I mean, like... Jim Jones, you cannot put it up my butt. I don't know. I mean, people saw him as attractive. He kind of reminds me of Elvis in a way. Well, he's just charismatic. He's just, uh, that's Elvis thing. is not attractive he's so charismatic. He's just charismatic. So... The guy was like, no, but thanks for the offer. And Jim said, like, okay, well, let me know when you want it to happen. Um, and then Jim said during a sermon that he thought everyone in the world was homosexual and he was the only heterosexual human on the planet. Oh, my god! So this is when his speeches start turning a little bit. So it went from, like, equality and this and that to being, like, y'all are gay and I'm straight. He starts talking about gays and everything just gets crazy. Yeah, everything gets fucking crazy when suddenly everyone's gay. So, so y'all. So he when said, your, when your child starts talking about gay stuff, like, no. Yeah. Everything's going to go <laughs> they're crazy, going crazy. And they're going to drink the Kool Aid <laughs> at the end. So, all men are gay, all women are lesbians. And if 
someone has sex with someone of the opposite gender, they are just compensating, overcompensating because, you know, they're gay. Whoa, interesting. Um, he said sexual relationships are selfish and takes away from the focus of the church. Um, so he just started asking people, like, the mission, oh, uh, our, the reason for our church is not to have sex, not to be like these free-loving people are going to go have orgies. That's not us. Because there are a good amount of cults during this time that are that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like, no, he's like, we need to be celibate. That's not part of our cause. We we need to be looking at the bigger picture here. Like, our sexual needs are just distractions. Yeah. But he was not celibate, obviously, because, you know, why, he's the leader. Oh. Um. I, anyway, so that's important to know because he, anything he was telling the, his congregation to do jim jones wouldn't normally do because he was above that yeah he's always above the, his own law um at one point during a sermon um a man stood up and he was like hey so all of the men who asked jim to put it up their butt needs to use enemas before because it's getting really messy and someone in the crowd was like wait how many men are getting fucked by jim jones and, like all these hands shot up <laughs> and so they're, they're interviewing this one guy and how he's, many of you have felt personally uh, victimized, victimized by, by Regina George but, <laughs> by Jim Jones but the thing is like <laughs> this didn't even phase everyone because he was so above the law oh, yeah. like, above everything um, but anyways they're interviewing this guy and he said he was just sitting there and he was like la 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 going to church and this started happening <laughs> they just mean girls it <laughs> no right so this started happening they're like everyone needs to do enemas it's getting messy and the guy who's like straight sitting next to his wife he's like wait what and all these hands shot up because everyone's like doing gay stuff and he was like um He's like, wait, people are gay here? Yeah, he said, like, wait, what the fuck? He's like, is this what I have to do to be part of the church? Oh, shit. He was like, play it cool. He's like, because I'm not gay. He's like, I don't want to do that, bro, no homo. Yeah. Um, and I wrote, lol, lol, because his oh, reaction poor was 50 like. straight guy. Yeah, his reaction was hilarious. He, like, looked at his wife and looked around. He was like, Emma, is this gay? Like, that meme. <laughs> the, the butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> Jones, Jones uh, the people's animals temple. And, animals and butt sex. Is this is gay? Is this gay? <laughs> so I thought that was interesting, all the gay stuff. It's just, you know, his sermons and whatnot was definitely starting to take a turn into... Interesting. That's funny. I didn't know about that. Yeah. And no one, you know, this didn't phase anybody. Everyone's like, oh, this is another day at church. <laughs> except he, for that one guy. Except for <laughs> that one guy. He's like, what? And the thing is, that's interesting to ta- to mention here. Is at this time, because, you know, for years and years and years and years, Jim Jones is starting, you know, doing the us versus them mentality. They're making everyone a family, this and that. He's so charismatic. People were so ingrained and involved with the church that no one felt, if they did feel uncomfortable, they couldn't feel like they could talk to anybody because everyone was like, oh, we'll just then go speak to Jim Jones. Because everyone's starting to get pretty brainwashed in a sense. Like, oh, you have a problem? Like, just go talk to Jim. Like, there's no problems here. Everything's fine. Yeah. So he sat there and he was like, wait, everyone's gay. And he couldn't even really feel like he could talk to his wife or anybody All about it. Because he's like, oh, this is just how it is. Jim Jones is saying it. So this is how it is. I just Shit. have to get over it. Yeah. So I'm sure there were Guess lots. Guess I'm gay now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm sure there were lots of people that were really uncomfortable like him, but they didn't feel like they could say it. Because they're like, okay, well, okay. Like, Guess I'm doing enemas. Like, just move on. I guess I'm doing enemas now. So now this is New Year's Eve, some year. I couldn't find the year. Um, so this is very, very, very important to know for Jonestown because this is when start, things start getting really fucking crazy. Um, Jim was talking about their cause, you know, riling up the crowd, and he asked everybody to drink some punch. Everyone drank it, and then he just stood there and he looked at everyone and said, just to let you know, you just drink poison. We're all going to die for the cause. Some members became completely hysterical cried for their kids screaming at jim jones like oh, my, my kids are gonna die how could you do this others just accepted the death and were quiet oh my god he then told them that it wasn't poison and he was just testing their loyalty to him and the cause what a little bitch. he wanted to see how many people would go through a suicide if necessary oh. 
This is the first of many mass suicide ritualistic practices. Yeah, I knew they practiced it, but I didn't. I didn't know they practiced it. I thought they only practiced it when they got to the yeah, place, no, and before. then they got attention from the CIA. Yeah. yeah. So it started before. Fuck. So this is, you know, everything's starting to take a, a shift. Everything's shifting. Like everything was happy and positive, and he's like, "Y'all are gay. Drink the punch. <laughs> Fuck you." So to summarize, I'd so be like, far, "Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cheers." Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm dying. So now we're in San Francisco, 1975 to 1977. So they moved the temple to San Francisco to gain a big following of gays and liberals and activists and more women. Um, and they really were trying to push the whole we can change the world attitude to get more followers, which is huge during the 70s because all these people wanted. I mean, there was a bunch of activism going on, a bunch of really huge political uh, opposing views happening. Ooh, sorry, just okay. knocked my computer. So suddenly the People's Temple rolls up in San Francisco and they have this whole we can change the world attitude. I mean, they are getting, that is the land of the exact people who would join the People's Temple. Yeah. Um, so he became, Jim Jones became really involved with politics and started gaining some major political power. At one point he helped elect George Mascone as mayor and Harvey Milk as the city supervisor. He was a part of that? Uh, yes. I was just, when you started to say he was there from 75 to 77, I was like, Wait, Harvey Milk? Harvey what? Milk's one of his, like, BFFs. What the fuck? Yeah, so I, I was reaching this. I was like, I'm what so excited to tell Corey. Fuck? No one knows this. So, okay, okay. Uh, I will, when I re- when I edit this, I'll remember this. I will do Harvey Milk next week then for okay. my fact of fact. Yeah, that'll be yeah. fun. Um, so Mascone, in turn, uh, named J- Jim Jones as head of San Francisco's housing authority. So suddenly, he's starting to get a lot of political power. So he went from this guy that's leading a church to this guy that's helping f- San Francisco. Bo- you know, he helped Harvey Milk get elected. This is blowing my mind. Um, so Harvey Milk and him were actually good friends. Like, Harvey Milk spoke at the People's Temple. Jim Jones spoke for uh, Harvey Milk stuff. Like, they were friends. No. Yeah, because Jim Jones to them wasn't a bad guy I mean, at yet. The, and at that moment, yeah, at that moment, we don't see, we see him in a totally different light today yeah like then we, it was like oh i mean he's a little quirky and this is a little there the whole thing's a little weird but at the same time no he's like promoting an equal like equal existence america yeah, yeah equal like suddenly he's saying it's okay to be gay it's okay to be a woman it's okay to be black it's okay yeah. to be asian it's okay to be whatever you want we're here this is love yeah okay cool and so of course like this is so right now we're on work. we're in jim jones bandwagon but if you're part of the people's temple you know like shit's kind of weird like everyone like <laughs> everyone's like wait what everyone's like this is fine but we're not fine but we're fine because you know at this time this is when things were really taking a turn for people's temple okay yeah. it went from things the... are getting a little radical yeah exactly yeah. um so during this time jim jones's paranoia of the world started growing more and more like the more involved he was getting in politics and whatnot um, he became really paranoid that the government was after him, the People's Temple. Um, again, he was really reinstating the us versus them, saying, they're trying to destroy us. Like, you gays want rights? They're after us. They won't let you have rights. You women want to be equal? They're after this. Like, yeah, you, like yeah. black people, you want to be able to sit down at a fucking diner and not get bad looks? They're the reasons you can't do this. Yeah. So riling everyone up, saying it's us versus them. Um, he would use terms like they're trying to destroy us, they're after us, they are against us. You know, it's they, 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 they. us, 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 yeah, us, yeah. us. Um, and at one point, one of the temples, because there's multiple temples in San Francisco, one of them burned down, and this like sealed the deal. Everyone's like, yeah. they are after us. This is when the paranoia just spread like wildfire throughout the temple, because they're like, oh my god, someone came and burned down the temple. Yeah, they're after us. They're destroying us. They're doing this. That is when Jim Jones started coming up with the idea of building his own city. And so that's when he bought 3,600 acres in Guyana, and he started building Jonestown. Woo. So 
The People's Temple, some of the People's Temple members um, went over to Jonestown. They were building it up. Um, they would be taking footage of them building it all happy and great. And they would just send it to everyone throughout Jonestown, or throughout the People's Temple. Yeah. And so they saw like, oh my God, they're building the Utopia. They're building Utopia, yeah. So this is great. Like we want to go there. Everyone's so happy. We want to experience this. So now while some people were excited for Jonestown and still worshipped and loved Jim, others, like I mentioned, were getting a little uncomfortable and a little woke about the reality of the People's Temple. They're like, shit's getting a little weird. Like, Jim Jones said we're all gay, and he's, like, fucking everybody, and now There's he's saying they're destroying guy, he's like, us. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's he, like... He's, like, looking at diagrams of assholes and dicks. He's like, hmm. He's like, I'm still not gay. This is a little weird. <laughs> so there was people that were starting to get a little bit more woke. And, you know, Jim, like you said, was just getting more and more radical. Like, his speeches went from like everything's great to like they're after us they're this they're like the paranoia was just growing yeah so sorry lost my spot okay yeah so the church in general is getting pretty intense during this time as the paranoia grew um some examples i have is every week they would force people to come up and tell the congregation about their sins and Damn. sometimes jim would have them beaten up as a way to be what cleansed the fuck? so it was like someone would come up and they're like oh, i had sex with them i went to a restaurant and they would get the shit beaten bit out of them wait why did sex why did sex become a problem because he said like you know sex is selfish it def- it's part it's not part of the cause this and oh, that. but okay. he could have sex but like them all having sex is different but he could also promote like sexual freedom it's it's yeah Anyways, yeah, they, they drank the Kool Aid and killed themselves. Continue. So, I mean, whatever Jim Jones said, even though it doesn't make sense to us, yeah, what no, he yeah. said was what was happening at the time. Yeah. Um, some of the women were degraded if they wanted to have sex with Jim. Wait, um, whoa. Yeah, what? like if they were showing. Even though he was doing that secretly? Even though he was fucking them. Like if they were like open and trying to flirt with them, you know, oh. they would be like punished. And, uh, Shit. you know, and yet he was having sex with men and women at this time because he could do it. That's fine. Jim yeah, Jones could do whatever he wants, but like, yeah. oh, if you're acting on like your sexual stuff, that's not really okay. Unless I'm saying it's okay, which maybe I will next week. Like, it's okay if it's with me. Yeah. yeah. Or it's okay if I don't know about it. Or like, hey, it's okay. Maybe next week I'll say it's okay. Like, Man. all I know is right now it's them versus us. Um, at one point they used, I didn't write this example in here, but I'm thinking about it. So I'll just talk about it. Um, they were in this meeting with, you know, the select group of people, some, mostly women, some men. And this one girl was giving Jim fuck me eyes. And this other girl was like, well, why should he have sex with you? He should have sex with me. And they're having this, like, weird sex competition. What? And the one, the one girl said to the fuck-me-eyes girl, we'll name her Barbara. Yeah. She was like, hey, Barbara, well, like, if you want him so bad, like, why didn't you just get naked and show him what you have since you're being so obvious to us? And Jim Jones is like, proceed. And so she got up in the middle of the meeting. What? And she took off all of her clothes. And then Jim looked at her, and they all started talking about, like, in great detail, like, what he saw of her body and what he thought. Like, Oh, your vagina looks like this, and this is how I feel about like it. Like your boobs your are boobs. three inches too far yeah. apart than I like. Like your stomach's oh my this. God. And a guy in the meeting, the guy who uh, Jim Jones was like, "Oh, let me put it up your butt." Forgot his name, but he's he says he remembers staring at the girl and like as her body just burned red with like humiliation because he just oh. humiliated her for wanting to have sex. You know, yeah. yet he went and had sex with her later. It's like it's crazy. It's getting crazy right now, people. Jesus. Um. So. Some members at this time decided to quit the temple because it was easy to quit the temple during this time. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm out. And they reached out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just watched someone get beat I'm up like, on stage for having sex. I'm going to go with that Harvey Milk guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just said love is fine, but also it's not. I'm not okay. So some members quit and they reached out to a newspaper to talk about how the church is getting really fucked up. Fuck. So Jim convinced the newspaper editor to read the article um, the night before it was going to be published. And the article was damning. It was so unbelievably incriminating yeah. of like Jim Jones, what the fuck was happening? 
Um, and especially, you know, that Jim Jones was like a socialist and this and that. Um, it pretty much would just. Oh, dis- the Dim Dome. Sorry. That Doug Dimmadome was a goddamn socialist. So he knew destroyed it. Whenever you say it too fast, it reminds me of Jim Jones from the Jim Jones People Temple Dimmadome. So he knew it would destroy the idea of the People's Temple. So while on the phone listening to the editor read the article, Jones looked at the followers that were with him. It was like the elite group. And he mouthed to them, we are leaving tonight. And what the fuck? Within six hours bef- from that phone call before the article was published, Jim was gone. He went to Guyana oh, to go wow. to Jonestown. Um, he moved everyone to Guyana, pretty much. Moving everyone happened virtually overnight. People packed up their homes and left without even telling their families, their jobs, their friends. They just booked it. One guy says he remembers walking into his house after work one day and his wife and kids were gone with a note that said, we went to Guyana. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? We went me? to Jonestown. They just got up and left when they told him to. So to summarize, shit's getting fucking crazy. Shit is getting People crazy. People are getting crazy. The People's Temple is getting more and more aggressive. Doug Dimidon is crazy. Doug Dimidon is crazy. <laughs> um, and now they all just picked up their lives and moved them to Jonestown. Just, uh. like, just like that. The followers loved Jonestown. Everything in Jonestown was theirs. It gave people the opportunity to create and build a utopia. Then these 900 followers were like, this is heaven. This is like the fucking celestial kingdom yeah. of the people's temple yeah at the beginning everything was super happy people were dancing singing laughing they truly felt free things changed as jim became even more and more paranoid um there was only one radio station that was allowed to play and it played 24 7 and it was of jim telling people what was going on in the world and repeats of his sermons that's so even at three o'clock in the middle three o'clock in the morning you're trying to sleep jim jones on the background on repeat 24 7 oh like they like like, you couldn't control whether it was on or not yeah it was just on these like overhead speakers throughout jonestown (gasps) it was set to this radio station that was jim jones his sermons him so he started cutting off all communication to the real world so the only any piece of news or info they got was through jim jones telling them so he could say you know, the United States just blew up and they would think it's real. Yeah, like, yeah, like Japan took over the United States. <laughs> exactly. And like these people, you know, they were so anything that Jim Jones said, they believed. So, you know, him again, the they versus us, uh, you know, us versus Shit. them. They're out to get us. This is our free land. Like you're here for a purpose. Your families are against you. Your friends are against you. This is a utopia. It's all about equal. It's okay that you're black. It's okay you're a woman. It's this and that. You know, it's just, yeah. it's insane what's going on. Like, this um, is the only safe place for you. Yes. That, like, this is, you, if you want to die, then leave. Then leave, yeah. So the, suddenly Jonestown switched to that. This is utopia, too. I am not, if I leave, I'm dead. I'm dead. The yeah. wicked world's going to kill me. And also, it started becoming a note of, like, betrayal. Like, he said, like, oh, if you leave, then you're betraying the cause. You're betraying me. Like, you're against what we believe in. And this not, you're racist. You're homophobic. You hate me. So suddenly, if they wanted to leave, they're like, oh, I'm a traitor. This is bad. Um, so his paranoia grew, and he convinced everyone that people were still after them. You know, they would come and destroy them, this and that. He told everyone that their loyalty was being tested. So anytime they knew someone wanted to leave, they had to turn them in because they would be considered a traitor. He turns spouses against each other. He oh, turns kids against their parents. Parents get their kids. Yeah. Like there's an example where this like nine year old kid, her overheard his parents talking. They wanted to leave. He went and told Jim Jones. So suddenly, free and beautiful Jonestown was turning into a dark prison. Um, however, you know, again, all of the fo- most of the followers still believed every word Jones said. And if you didn't, you didn't say it out loud because you're stuck now. This is your prison. Ugh. You can't leave. You're a tra- you're a traitor. You're going to be, you know, wh- who knows what. 
Um, and only a few wanted to leave, but again, they were just too afraid to do anything about it. Meanwhile, back in the United States, people were like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> these people just like left overnight to Guyana to a place called Jonestown. Harvey Milk comes over to like celebrate his uh, appointed to office and he's like, wait, what? He's like, where'd they go? <laughs> um, so suddenly, like, the government was starting to get involved because all these people were raising these huge concerns about Jonestown and, you know, socialism and what the fuck's going on and people were thinking oh they're being held there against their will it's dangerous and a lot of ex-members were like y'all jim jones is get- was getting crazier and crazier and crazier <laughs> that one guy like he likes the gays yeah that guy well he actually <laughs> and then the fbi is like wait what <laughs> that guy actually moved to jonestown and oh, was one of the only oh, survivors yeah, so it's like the squidward meme where his eyes poof, yeah the FBI right is like wait what so the <laughs> you know the government was getting involved an interesting fact about harvey milk um, he actually wrote like a letter to the mayor and he was like, no, Jim Jones is a great guy. I really don't think there's a concern about Jonestown. Oh, wow. So Harvey Milk's like, he's fine. Like everything's fine. Meanwhile, in Jonestown, he, oh, J- shit, Jim Jones is like, you're a traitor. If you leave, do you want to leave? No one's perfect. So no one's perfect. <laughs> Harvey Milk's not perfect. Um, so that's what's going on in the United States. Um, this raised such a concern that Democrat Congressman Leo Ryan decided to go visit Jonestown with a few journalists and wow. some of the family members that brought up what the fuck could be yeah, happening in Jonestown. Because yeah. he was like, okay, I'm going to go there. I'm going to see really what's happening. So Congressman Ryan's visit. So this is the beginning of the end. So this is when shit starts getting even crazier than it did before and even sadder. So at first, Congressman Ryan and his journalists thought that Jonestown was fucking paradise because they got there. They entered. There was like a huge welcome sign. People were waving. They're like, ah, welcome. You know, kids running like, oh, yeah, welcome to Jonestown. This is our paradise. He talked to Jim Jones, who's like the master manipulator, most charismatic man that's ever existed. He talked. Sorry, I bumped that. He talked to people that were there saying, do you love it here? They're like, oh, yeah, I love it here. This is heaven. Oh, I know this. There's um, there's like one. I'm ready. I'm ready for you to tell me. <laughs> there's this like one lady they talked to and they're like, do you love it? She's like, oh, I've only been here for two days and I'm going to be leaving here in a couple of weeks. But I love it. Like, this is my utopia. Because she just she didn't know you couldn't really leave yet. Yeah. And, um, you know, the more and more people they talked to, it was great. There was like this huge party where everyone's like singing and dancing. And the Colts music video I talked about takes place a lot there. Um, everyone's like going at it and congressman um ryan he got on stage and he was like i don't he's like i need to go back and tell the world you guys are so happy you guys are great everyone's like yes and cheering and i watched the whole clip because it's a video of him like talking about how amazing it is here and everyone's you know singing cheering laughing he's laughing he's cheering you know it's this they're putting on the show but it's not a show because they do still think this is their life so of course like he's just seeing this so it's great one of the journalists was just hanging out towards, like, the edge of the party. And um, the guy who Jim Jones said, yo, can I put up your butt? Yeah. I wish I remembered his name. The I one w- we're following, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to write down his name because I kept on. But just every single your time butt guy. he would say something, I would just, like, write down what he said. And I'm like, whatever, you're up the butt guy, exactly. Yeah, up the butt guy. Love you. Uh, um, He slipped he tried to slip a note to the journalist yeah so he like tried to slip it to him that said that like, was up the butt guy i had no idea that was up the butt guy yeah up the butt guy <laughs> so, i love how up the butt guy and harvey milk are so involved in this story this i know right so <laughs> point, the point being gay stuff's cool my gay mind is so intrigued <laughs> so this is actually one long faggot fact no <laughs> <So, laughs> <laughs> then we'll get into my story and chance story yeah so then we'll get into everything everyone's like oh god so the up the butt guy um, slipped a note to one of the journalists, um, but when he tried, but he knew like I have to be really sneaky about this because you know if someone sees me slipping a note, they're gonna tell Jim Jones I'm yeah. a traitor to the cause. Yeah. So we tried to slip a note, but the congr- the not the congressman, the journalist kind of moved because he didn't see the guy because he was trying to slip it under his uh like between his arm. Sorry, I'm 
one second. It's fine. This is a fun story. So um, he did that. And uh, the note f- fell to the floor, and this nine-year-old kid Shit. saw it, and he was like, "Oh my god!" He goes, yeah, exactly. He like pointed and <laughs> like the, body up the butt guy before the little kid said this. He said, "Oh, you dropped something," and picked up the note and tried to hand it to the journalist. And that's when the nine-year-old kid was like, "He's trying to slip him a note." And uh, I would be so terrified. And the journalist like got the note and he like you know walked away and. Up the butt guy was like, no, 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 like, he just dropped it. Relax, little kid. And that kid, like, went up to Jim Jones. And he was like, oh, he's like the up the butt guy dressed up. (laughs) Trying to (laughs) – I hope he was known as the up the butt guy. For my faggot fact, I will also – no, I will also figure out the name of up the butt guy. Because (laughs) even if if I was up the butt guy and 30 years later I have two fucking 20-somethings calling me up the butt guy and I was gay, I would just laugh. But (laughs) He's not gay. Oh, he's not? Okay. No, he has he a wife and kids. Time. Okay, so we probably really should say. <laughs> he's not gay. He has a wife. I mean, like, everyone's a little gay, but he's I mean, a wife and kids. I mean, everyone likes it up the butt a little bit. Yeah, I mean, don't knock it until you try it. So <laughs> God didn't put the G spot there. <laughs> uh, okay, so up the butt guy. I mean, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. This is up anyway. the butt guy, just take it. This is anyways has your sex life. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> intense part of my entire uh fucking segment we're like <laughs> i'm so, sorry oh, sorry, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay so up well this is anyways has your sex we life. just deflated it I'm us sorry. referring people to up the butt guy is like not uncommon for our podcast oh yeah yeah so up the butt guy gave them the note dropped and he's like hey you dropped the note the nine-year-old kid was like mommy mommy hilarious something that is legitimately pants. terrifying though imagine being up the butt guy <laughs> no like this is your only chance of freedom and if i get caught and now this nine-year-old fucker is trying to get me caught yeah so the nine-year-old goes and tells jim jones and oh you know this God. is when chaos starts happening because now suddenly someone just slipped it out the journalist the journalist guy read it and it said hey few of us few of us want to leave and we can't leave we're not allowed he went up to congressman ryan and a few other journalists and they're like okay so that there's something wrong here. And so that's when Congressman that's Ryan's like, hey, oh, JK and what I said five minutes ago. Yeah. And he started going around and talking to people like, hey, we heard that some people want to leave, but they can't leave. Like, do you, do you know anything about that? Everyone's like, no, no, no. What are you talking about? This chaos and paranoia was starting to grow because they're like, oh, my God, they are really after us. Yeah. They're going to destroy us. They're trying to ruin this utopia, this heaven, mm. our family. And so Jim Jones is going around to people trying to calm them down. And he was like, oh, it's okay. Like, don't worry. Everything's fine. And he was just really manipulating them, being like, we're a family. Like, you don't have to leave. They're not going to take anyone away. Everything's fine. And he was reminding them why it was so great to stay. So anyone that now was thinking like, oh, should I leave? Jim Jones would walk over and be like, but look, the farm and the kids are here and the old people and we're doing so much. And this is our utopia. Like, don't worry about like, you can leave if you want to. There's even an interview with uh, Congressman Ryan talking to Jim Jones about the the note. And he was like, so I got this note. And, like, Jim Jones holds up the note. And he was like, this is complete, like, lies. Like, the guy who gave this to you, because the up-the-butt guy was right next to him. No, it wasn't next to him. He was far away. Yeah. He was like, that guy's one of my personal friends. And he has a son here. Like, if it was so bad, why would he want to leave his son behind? Like, can you tell uh, me that? Like, I think he just wanted some attention. It's just all about the shows because we all want attention. I don't. He's like, I just want you to leave. You're hurting my family. You're hurting our, the people's temple. Fuck. I need you to leave because we're fine here. If people wanted to leave, they could leave. They said they can't. They're just liars. Uh, and so they, like, this whole interaction just caught on tape. It's really fascinating to watch because you can see, like, moments that Jim Jones, Jim Jones kind of breaks when he says, like, I just want you to leave, like, that out of nowhere. So he goes from the super charismatic, like, everyone can leave, everything's fine, he, to, he like... He bilbos. To, exactly, he bilbos, <laughs> exactly, to those <laughs> moments where his character 
breaks and his true paranoia comes out like you're just hurting us i want you to leave just leave just leave just leave Damn. so congressman ryan's like okay this is fucking crazy so they pretty much gathered the people that wanted to leave like if you want to leave just come with us and we're going to go back to our plane and we're going to um you know do they are they able to leave do people leave so so here's the thing all i know is that just like so some jeeps and machine guns get involved so um, or am i mixing that up I, yeah the, you're not mixing it up spoilers so Congressman Ryan, uh, you know, they said, if you want to leave, leave. We're going to be going to our plane. Like, come on. So Ryan left with all of his journalists and 16 people's temple, people temple members. So 16 people decided to leave. Up the Buck Guy was not one of them, Aww. just to let you know. He stayed because he, Jim Jones, manipulated him. And also he had his wife and kids there. Shit. Um, so Congressman, Congressman Ryan, they left. They were in there. Um, you know, van, they drove to the airstrip, which is about six miles away. Um, and that's when they noticed when they got up to the airstrip that a handful of temple members were following them in a truck. So like a few in the, um, driver's seat and the passenger seat. And what they didn't realize at the time is there was a bunch of them laying down on the truck bed with a bunch of guns. Um, so <sighs> this is like, this is when things get really fucking crazy. Yeah. So they're at the airstrip. They all get out of the car to like walk into the airplanes. So they can leave to take these people home to their families. The truck rolls up and they're just staring at the people and they go around the plane and they park their truck in a way that would block them from running into the forest. And all of them, like the journalists and stuff are like, this is really weird. Like, hello, what do you want? People's temple yeah. members. And they just all jumped out of the truck bed and bop, 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 and just started open firing on everybody. Three reporters, multiple temple members, and uh, Congressman Ryan were all killed. Um, this one lady, this one journalist they're interviewing who survived, she said she remembers was hearing, like, the gunshots start happening, and she, drove, she like, dove to the floor, and she followed Congressman Ryan, and they went behind one of the giant tires on the plane, yeah. and they just heard, like, you know, endless gunshots, gunshots, and she just said she remembers looking over, and Congressman Ryan was just laying there, like, dead. Just bleeding out. And she was, no, he was just dead. Like, uh, dead, dead. Like, he got fucking killed. And Jesus. so she was laying there, and she was like, I need to survive. So she pretended to be dead, and she heard someone walk up and just shot her at point-blank range. She survived. But yeah, wait, so, wait, she got shot? And she survived. She what got, the fuck go you, girl? Yeah, she's a fucking warrior. <laughs> so all these people were killed. More, like, more than half of them were killed. Yeah. The others were wounded. Um, this was all caught on tape. You can The guy that was filming this was killed, and you, you watch him get you shot. You watch, like, the camera like, fall? Yeah, you watch the camera fall, and then it, like... Buzzes out. So, like, you can see them jump out of the truck and they go bop, 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 bop. And you hear everyone, so it starts getting crazy, and all the chaos ensues. And then you hear him, like, make a noise and he just oh falls over, God. and the camera just, you know, goes to that static. It's it's crazy. So, meanwhile, this was happening at Jonestown. Jones called an emergency meeting. And uh, so, up the butt guy, pause really quick on him because this is pretty sad. Oh. Um, he went to his cabin with his wife and daughter. This was right before the meeting was called. And looked at his wife and he said, we need to leave. We're not safe here. Like, yeah. I think we're going to die. And right before she could say anything on the overhead speakers, Jim Jones said, there was an emergency meeting oh, in the no. um, you know, the hall, whatever it is, the cafeteria. I need everyone to report to it now. So before his wife could even respond. Um, so they all got to this hall and Jim Jones said, Congressman Ryan is dead. And they all cheered. So this is all recorded on audio and on film. I listened to the entire Shit. audio of this entire Shit. next, you know, 10 minutes of this happening. Yeah. And I heard all of it. It was probably one of the most traumatizing things I've ever listened to in my life. So he called an emergency meeting. He was yelling about how there's no hope. 
Um, everything's lost. Congressman Ryan's dead. They're just going to come and destroy us now. Like, this is it. We all need to commit a revolutionary suicide to avoid having U.S. forces take and torture the children. If they come, you are dead. You are tortured. They're going to kill you. They're going to enslave you. They're going to rape you. They're going to rape your kids. They're going to kill you. You know, he was riling them up. He's like, the only way to escape now is to kill ourselves. Anyone object? And this one woman stood up and she was like, well, what about Russia? Because there was talk before of them moving to Russia eventually. And he was like... When when that's your alternative. Yeah, right? Yeah, fuck. Yeah, and so he was like, there's no hope. There's no time for that. We have to do this. And she was like, well, I don't want to die. Like, that's in a way letting them win if they kill us all. Like, if we all do this revolutionary suicide. And he said, well, would you rather die at your own hands or would you want to die at their hands and watching your people get tortured? And so by him saying that, everyone's like, we have to take control of our own fate. We have to take control of our own destiny. So they brought out the cyanide and the Kool-Aid. And, uh, well, first they brought out the cyanide. And, you know, he said, is there anything we can do to make this less bitter? And they added the Kool-Aid. And he said, drink this. Like, it won't hurt. And he's, he, you can hear him saying, like, is this hurt? How long is it going to take? And the girl's like, it won't take that long. It won't hurt. Like, you just drink it and everything's fine. Oh, my God. Imagine being the girl that, like, knows. Right. Her. She, like, like, had a research. like, no, I planned this. I researched this. Now, remember, they have been through so many practice drills with this type of suicide ritual more than half these people thought this was was a drill yes they thought this was a drill no one really believed it was happening so jim jones said let's do the children first children first babies and children come here and that's when they all noticed starting to surround the tent or the wherever they were the cafeteria were all these armed guys with rifles and crossbows and all that and the up the butt guy was like this is no this is not a drill he looked around he said we're going to die. This is what's going to happen. And on the audio, you can hear Jim Jones say, um, give it to your babies, give it to your babies, and you can start hearing all the. So the first kid that died, it was this one little black boy. He oh. drank the Kool-Aid, and uh, he started, like, walking backwards, and he ran into the guy, the guy that's like, I'm not gay. And uh, the guy, I'm not gay guy, looked down at the kid, and he was foaming with the mouth and looked up and just oh. fell back. And they started giving it to all these babies and children. And on the audio, oh, this is like so hard. You can hear all the children screaming and crying as they're being either injected with. Yeah, because they were injected with syringes if they would fuss too much. And that they're a baby, they're injected with with syringes full of cyanide or they would be drinking the Kool-Aid. And then you would hear all these babies and children screaming. And then their Uh, screams were replaced with the mother screaming that their babies were dying. Yeah, they're dying. Yeah. And Uh. then uh, the up the butt guy. At one point, this is really sad. He looked to next to him with his wife, who's holding his infant son, and the wife gave the infant son the cyanide, no. and he watched his son die. And the wife looked at him and drank the Kool Aid, and she and his son just died in his arms as he sat there and just watched them die. The guy that said, "I'm not gay," his wife walked up to him and she said, "Lay me to rest next to my mom," because his because her mom went, his mom went, like their entire family was there, and he looked over and his entire family was dead. And so the wife drank the Kool Aid and like slumped in his arms. And were he, they the one? Were they like? Were the men supposed to go last, or were they the no, ones this holding is like, guns? No, they not. Not all the men were holding guns. Only a select, you know, whoever Jim Jones. But these two men in particular, they were just in the audience. They were just slow. They were skeptical, so they were slower to drink. Well, I mean, that's nine hundred people, so they all can't take a drink at the exact same time. Exactly. Yeah, so true, you know, true. they walk up to the Kool Aid punch and they will grab a cup, oh walk God, back, that's and drink so it. Terrifying. So you know, it's not like they all died. I'm sorry we were calling you up the butt guy. I'm sorry now. Yeah. <laughs> we're so, horrible people. <laughs> um, also, what to note, you know, none of them even knew that they had 
guns and whatnot on in Jonestown. So the people surrounding them guns were crazy. Yeah. So, you know, people would be walking up drinking the Kool-Aid because people, some people chose to die. If they didn't choose to die, they would be injected with it or gunned down if they tried to run away. So, I mean, it's not like everyone walked up at the same time and drank the punch. Like, yeah, you, know, you can only administer it so fast. Yeah, yeah. there's 900 people here. Yeah. So it's not like they're, you know, Kool-Aid's going to drop from the ceiling. Um, <laughs> so, and during all this, when you're hearing people scream, you know, Jim Jones is just egging people on like you're like you're taking control of your own destiny oh my God. like this is the revolutionary suicide this will show them what this is what the world does do? to us so they somehow escaped through running through the forest and dodging bullets <laughs> it's like crazy i'll get to that in a second oh but they um, watched their wife and kids they, they watched die. everyone die yeah and he he watched his wife kill his son yeah like that that's normal though i mean like everyone is t- killing their kids because otherwise, I mean, someone's gonna walk up and inject your kid for you. That's true. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they, they. Yeah, that is a good note too. Yeah, like if they noticed that a parent was being, like, hesitant, they would just inject the so, kid. So I mean, yeah. like, I guess I would rather take my child's death into my own. True, hands I would. Than yeah, yeah I'd rather else's. have him drink Kool Aid instead of an. Inject, yeah. yeah, in this situation, yeah. I would much rather. If I knew I was gonna die, I'd be like, well, I'm gonna die on my own. If I have hands. somebody with a gun right behind me. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so all these chil- all these children, all these adults, everyone was screaming, everyone was dying, everyone was crying. If you tried to escape, you were either injected with it, you were shot down. And, and then Jim Jones, you know, after everyone was dead, he shot himself in the head, and that's how Jim Jones oh. died. Um, in all, 918 people died, um, including 276 children, and it was the greatest single wow. loss of American civilian life um, in a deliberate act until the events of 9-11. Yeah. So... Um, very few people survived. Um, some ran into the jungle, you know, without getting shot. Um, some were away for Jonestown missions. Two of Jim Jones's sons, the um, adopted black one and his white son, they were away on a mission. What do they have to say about this? Um, they're like, what the fuck? Like the rest of the world, pretty much. Um, and one lady actually slept through the entire thing because she was so old and she was in the cabin. So she slept through all of it and she said she woke up and she walked out of her cabin. What? And she saw 918 bodies Bodies. her friends her family jim jones everybody gone talk Um, about a fucking nap (laughs) right and in the pile of bodies was an anonymous letter that was found and so i'm going to be reading a few excerpts from this letter and that is how i'm going to end this segment so you can really think because this kind of captures the whole mindset of jonestown and what happened um it's kind of long so it's to whomever to whomever finds this note Collect all the tapes, all the writing, all the history. The story of this movement, this action, must be examined over and over. It must be understood in all of its incredible dimensions. Words fail. We have pledged our lives to this this great cause. We are proud to have something to die for. We do not fear death. We hope that the world will someday realize the ideas of the brotherhood, justice, and equality that Jim Jones has lived and died for. We have all chosen to die for this cause. We know there is no way that we can avoid misinterpretation. Um, but Jim Jones and this movement were born too soon. The world's not ready to let us live. Many of us are now dead. Each moment, another passes over to peace. We are begging only for some, uh, for some understanding. It will take more than small minds, reporter minds, to fathom these events. Something must come of this. Beyond all the circumstances surrounding the immediate event, someone could perhaps find the symbolic, the eternal in this mo- in this moment, the meaning of a people, a struggle. I wish I had time to put it all together. Um, that I had done it. I did not do it. I failed to write the book. Someone else, um, others will have to do this. Please study this movement from the very origins of Jim Jones and the rural poverty of Indiana out 
to the heart of America um, that he later was to stand against for its betrayal of its ideals. These are beautiful people, a brave people, not afraid. A tiny kitten sits next to me watching, a dog's barking, the birds gathered on the telephone wires. Let all the story of the people's temple be told. Let all the books be opened. This sight, oh terrible victory, how bitter that we did not, could not, that Jim Jones was crushed by a world that he didn't make, how great the victory. If nobody understands, it matters not. I am ready to die now. Darkness settles over Jonestown on its last day on Earth. That was profoundly written. Whoa. And so he wrote that as people were dying around him. He did? Yeah, because it's talking oh, about how wow. people are dying. Oh, I dying. thought you were just some random person in the crowd. Yeah. Oh. No, this this was a note that they found on body is anonymous note. So someone Oh, so it's this. anonymous. Yeah. We don't know who wrote that. We don't know who wrote this. That's like really well written in a sense. And this captures the mindset of Jonestown where a lot of these people were so deep involved with Jim Jones and with their cause, their movement, that they did not fear death. They understood what was happening, and they just did it. It was Shit. their choice. Some people didn't, and if it wasn't their choice, they were killed. Who made that choice to do it? Who didn't? We don't know. There's no way of telling. But uh, the fact is, 918 people died in Jonestown by drinking the Kool-Aid. But, um, yeah, it's a profound anonymous letter. And what got to me was the darkness settles over Jonestown. The darkness on settles its last over day Jonestown on, on its last day. Fuck. So, anyways... How's your sex life? <laughs> Not as interesting as that. So that's Jonestown. That's so That's Jonestown. It should really, you know, Jim Jones, he was so charismatic and he spent years and years and years slowly manipulating these people that he was able to eventually get over 900 people to kill themselves in a mass suicide or murder, whatever you want to call it. That's so sad. It's, it, it was interesting how you, like, gave us... Like, I felt so attached to the butt guy. Yeah. And then he told me about his family, and I was like, oh, fuck, that's really sad. Because that made it a little bit more real. We're yeah. suddenly, I mean, these characters, I mean, imagine like that. Like, he became a person to me. Imagine you joined, what we talked about earlier, you know, how I said, like, during that time, if I was a woman in San Francisco, like, why wouldn't I join the People's Temple? So yeah, imagine, it doesn't like, sound as far-fetched. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Like, imagine you joined this wonderful religion because it was so equal and so forward-thinking. Yeah. And then it leads to this. Where, like, those people who joined never in a million years thought they would actually... Yeah, when they were in San Francisco, they basically support what a lot of people our age support. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. it's not crazy to believe that they would join it. And, you know, they... Jim at Jones, that moment, yeah. yeah. at that moment. And, you know, they just followed Jim Jones and everything he said they believed. And so they just got so wrapped up to it. And Shit. he was so manipulative. And he was so brilliant with the way that he did it that he was able to get <laughs> 918 people to, to die. Yeah, to die. To yeah, die. sorry. Yeah, and then like a thousand to move to a different country. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. So that should show you about Jonestown <laughs> and how crazy That's it is. That's so sad. It's, the injecting, the injecting babies just is devastating. Destroys yeah. me. I can't. It just blows my mind that like immediately people weren't just like wait. And I'm sure a lot of them were. Yeah. But then you have gun people with guns standing around you. And that's the whole thing. Like, we don't really, like, like I said, we don't know how many people, like, in this letter, they're like, all, like most of us are dying because we want to. We don't know how no, true that is. it's written before. Yeah. Or written, like, right before, right as it happened. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, like, half the people, you know, during the suicide practices, you know, 
most of the people just go with it. They're like, okay. Oh, it's a drill. I'm going to kill myself. That's fine. And and the the guy who was not gay that was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, most Um, of the time, you know, they would. seeing that kid. So, it's pretty fucking horrific that that happened. And, you know, who knows how many people really did choose to end their lives or how many people lives were ended in the hands of Jim Jones. We really won't know. We can't tell. But all I know is, you know, the majority of these people were so brainwashed by Jim Jones, by the People's Temple, that I would assume a lot of them were willing to drink the Kool-Aid. Because I don't think, I mean, most of them, they weren't all injected. I mean, we know the injected thing by wounds found in their body, but it's not like it was found in every single body. Yeah. A lot of people chose to drink it. And, like... At that moment, even if you were like, what the fuck, I disagree, it's going on, I would probably drink it. Because I'd be like, I'm going to take this in my own hands. I'm not going to let someone gun me down. Well, yeah, but if you're standing around with your guns, fuck, yeah. So, yeah, so that day, darkness settled over Jonestown. That's intense. So that is Jonestown and Jim's Jones and the power of what a person can do and how you're really charismatic and you have good rhetoric. (laughs) You can... Yeah, you can make people kill themselves. Yeah. So anyways, Corey... How's your sex life? My sex life is a lot <laughs> less dramatic than that. <laughs> Darkness settles over Corey's sex over, life over, today. Over Corey's sex life today. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. I'm good. What was fun things that happened? Uh, we went to a bar last night. Went to a bar last night. That was fun. And then we were all, we all like fell asleep by 11. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like passed out at like. I got, 10.45. I got french fries <laughs> on my way home. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I wanted, delicious. yeah, I wanted to like go, go straight home and like get some food. Yeah, we went to In-N-Out and got french fine. fries. I'm going to get In-N-Out on the way and home Jordan tonight. got a vegan burger. Yes. And then, um, well, the veggie burger, we made like a vegan oh, patty here. Oh, yeah. And we ate french fries and then fell asleep watching Beat Bobby Flay. We're living the dream. We're living Ooh, the fun. fucking dream. Nice. Oh, I watched, I finally watched the Great British <gasps> Baking Show, but I, I just watched the Christmas special. Oh! It's so, so enchanting. Oh, oh my, my god. god. And you know what? You know what I always bothers me about what? how um, they're so mean in America? Yeah, and no. They're so kind. And so dramatic. Yeah. It 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 that's why like I watched a oh, ton of lose. I know Boos has been over over cute the entire right. time. The past hour he's just been like snuggled Sorry. on a pillow next to he's us. He's so cute. He's so fucking cute. Okay, Corey, you need to go back and start from season 1 I will. it literally will like make you cry. I it's will, so but like I was so I was so just like enchanted by the music. It's so like it, it's like bippity boppity boo yeah. enchanting Christmas music, and then at the same it's just not dr- drama dramatized at and all. Everyone's so nice. Yeah, like I was watching the I watched all the seasons of Halloween Wars because remember when we were oh, in Halloween Hawaii Wars and good, I was like, yeah. wait, what? This exists? Oh yeah, my grandma <laughs> and I are like, let me show you the world of Food Network. <laughs> yeah, and so I sort of watch I watched all of them online. And they're just so dramatic, and the the music is so loud, and like bum 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 yeah, bum right. bum. Oh no, are they gonna drop this? Oh no, are they gonna make it in time? And the Great British Breaking Show is like do 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 do. Okay, like the tempo of the music picks up when things get close to deadlines. Yeah, right. With like violins though. Yeah, and they're like, oh fuck. Yeah, and that's about it. It's like a really intense harp. Yeah, yeah. And even when they mess up, they're like, well shit, that's life. The Great British Baking Show is probably one of the greatest TV shows I've ever seen, like a reality show. Did you, have you seen the Christmas one? Yes. Oh, I watched every so single cute. Great it's British so Baking Show. I've watched the Great American Baking Show. Oh, and that guy show. that wins at the end, uh, the, fir- uh, the first episode, the mm-hmm. guy with the cool sweater yes. that wins. He's so cute. You should Bakes watch. and I were like, Daddy. You need to okay. a- so go back and start off season one because then you get to see Mary Berry. <sighs> She's okay. like, so Paul Hollywood is in all of them. He's the bread guy. 
Mary Berry's. He's the one with the like the gray hair, beautiful the silver, silver hair. hair. Yeah, yeah. And he has like a silver beard and yeah, yeah. strap and stuff. That's his Paul hair is pretty. Um, that's Paul Hollywood. He's great. He's bread daddy. The who's first the, who's the rock star dude. Um, so that's from the Mighty Boosh. Okay. So he's one of the hosts. So the hosts change halfway through because oh. the Great British Baking Show was on BBC. From like 2011 or 10? Yeah. And then I think Netflix got it. And so they changed Mary Berry out and the hosts. But okay. the first hosts, like one was a lesbian and then there's Mary Berry. Like you should watch from okay, the beginning. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's such a fun show. It's, yeah, so it's, a, fun. it's such a happy show. Yeah, it is. It's just You're like, just so oh, I'm just going to put it. this on while I like eat this food. Yeah. They're like, I'm making crepes. I'll You're probably like, watch an episode when I go home and eat in and out Ugh, you should. <laughs> Great British Baking Show is amazing. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. So anyways. That's um, what I got into. Wait, wait, what else? What's the last time we had this podcast? Was it just a week ago? Oh, yeah, it was just a week ago. Yeah. We've been working mainly. That's all I did. I've had some crazy sex this past week. Oh, fun. Let me tell yes. you. Yes. Oh, so I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess I went to, sorry. For, <gasps> oh, I went yeah. to Park City, had fun sex um, in Park City with uh, some dude. I just won't say it. Just yeah. for like, yeah. It was just fun. some dude. It was good sex. Yeah. It was great sex. Um, Let's see. Jordan and I have been busy banging. Well, one, I got like violently sick this whole past week. So that's why I was pretty MIA on social media. I made like a note on our story because I had literally I had a post planned for every single day and I got so sick. I like was just dead. And I emerged from my K four days later to everyone's like, hey, anyways, how's your sex life? Like we're coming. We did this. (laughs) I like like their comment five days later. Yeah, I had like, I'm dying. I was super, super sick with just like, you know, sore throat, fever, all that. And then I got really sick from like alcohol poisoning. And then I threw up my shoulder. And oh, so oh, yeah, it's yeah. been like a f- total fuck fest for me the past seven days. Yes. So sorry about Instagram, everyone. I'm finally healing up so I can be on Instagram again and talk to you guys. But uh, after I got s- done with like my sickness, um, Jordan and I will have, oh yeah. So I have like a super intense calf not oh, like yes. muscles i was super yeah. dehydrated yeah. and uh we were like laying there watching like beat bobby flay and jordan was like rubbing my calf for me because he's a wonderful wonderful partner and uh when he was doing it so Corey and i are a little kinky okay we kind of <laughs> like pain but when like he was rubbing my my calf <laughs> there was like so much intense but really good pain that like i got weirdly turned on and i couldn't stop myself from like moaning and like my, my nipples got hard and jordan got hard and we like banged yes. violently and i was like what the fuck? Should we kink shame ourselves? Like, what just happened? You'll, like, happened? come to 45 minutes later. Like, what, what? And I was like, that all started from the calf touch. <laughs> um, So things got crazy there. That's fun. Let's see. Yeah, sex has just been, it's been a good week. I've been very, very sick, but it's been made up for with wonderful classic sex. And I had french fries yesterday. So french fries. Everything's good. I'll probably, french fries and sex. I'll probably convince Jordan to go, like, buy one french more. fries with me after this. Yeah, one it's, more. Yeah, what's french fries and sex and yeah. Simone and Toulouse. Jesus what Christ. more do you need? So, so other than that, my sex life is pretty good. I'm almost done with Christmas shopping. Ooh, this week we I'm have our almost Christmas done party. Too. Yeah. Ooh, I got my. Did I tell you I got I got my nephews? Oh yeah. The, the hair yeah, I'll just say it out loud just to bust. I got my it's hair. Not like my to I it. got my nephews and niece a uh, big Harry Potter Hogwarts. Lego it's amazing, set. It's y'all. So fucking cool. It's so cool. I I told my sister I was like, just send me pictures. That's all I want. Yes. I just want pictures of them playing with it. I got my 13 <laughs> year old cousin some pastel goth clothing. Yes. So that's the difference between my. <laughs> Cousins Wait, is nieces. it pastel goth clothing 
or like is it pastel comma goth clothing or is it pastel goth clothing it's pastel goth clothing okay okay so yeah, she's yeah. a pastel goth kid. okay yeah it's, it's not... also soft grunge so Got she's it. soft grunge pastel goth she's what i was when i was like 17 okay, okay. but she's 13 nice um, i bought her clothes from dolls kill which i shop for for like my slutty clothes and i like sent her mom a picture and i was like is this what she wants and she's such a great mom she's like yeah it's a little provocative like, but what yeah. can you do she needs to like you know grow up and I was like, damn, like that's such a good way to parent though, because she's letting Katie get like experimental yeah, with her hair yeah, and whatnot. Because yeah. Katie's still gonna wear the clothes and do what she wants, but now she doesn't have to be hiding it. Sometimes I wonder but... if I like wasn't just some like closeted shut up Mormon boy in high school, what would I have been? No, exactly. Yeah. Like if your parents let you be yourself, yeah. how different your life would be. Yeah. I mean, my mom let me do whatever I want with my hair and do yeah. stuff like that, and it helped me made me have a really good relationship with my mom. Cause I could talk to her yeah, about yeah. what I was into. But yeah, so I shopped for pastel goth clothing this week that was my christmas shopping cute and this saturday we have our christmas party which we will turn up Corey's making mulled wine i'm making mulled wine that'll be fun that'll be an adventure yes we'll probably do an instagram live during it so you guys can see our friends oh yeah we should do that and we'll all be wearing pajamas and we'll be eating pancakes and making out a bunch so yeah i want pancakes pancakes and french fries on dope right now Yeah, yeah everything's pretty good it's december 9th life's good yeah we are recording a bunch of episodes because Corey and I are both going out of town soon. Yeah, we're c- recording two next two this week. Yes. Because we're oh. tech, or next week. Yeah. And then two the week after that. Speaking of, if you guys have listener stories, because in, yeah. in December for December 24th, that instead of a regular episode, it's going to be a bonus listeners episode, which is really exciting. Um, we already have two stories that people sent in, but we need more. So slide into our DMs, email us at ahyslpodcast at gmail.com. Go to our website, which is ahyslpodcast.com. Send us ghost stories, scary stories, true crime, funny sex stories, anything like that. And we will share it during our listeners' stories. So- yeah. Ooh, on the funny sex stories. We might just share a couple at the end. But for the, for the Christmas one, maybe for the Christmas one, do we just want scary stories? Whatever they send us, we'll share. I mean, share. yeah, I'll share whatever the fuck you send us. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to be anonymous, like, make sure to write that. Be Ooh, like, yeah, that's true. Or, or if you want us to give your Instagram a shout out, like, write that because I, I don't want to, like, be like, oh, this person, yeah. uh, Chana and then you get, Jones like, said this. Singles from India. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hitting you up. So I just, so if you want to be anonymous or whatnot, make sure to let us know because otherwise I will be sharing your Instagram handle. That's just, will be kind of how it goes so yeah that all being said send us your nudes and we will definitely respond so our question to you guys is anyways how's your sex life life bye guys bye